The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Mm. Wow, another uh, really dark day in America. Now they're saying at least 58, 58 killed. 500 taken to hospitals after the uh, shooting on the Las Vegas Strip last night. Where, as you know by now, uh, somebody on the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay shot across the street to the concert that was going on there. Big festival. Uh, and, and during the Jason Aldean section of the concert, uh, the shots began to ring out. I just, I mean, why? Why does this have to happen? Of course, we got the politicians making it political already. We'll get into that. Um, but here's here's how it kind of began um, with uh, Jason Aldean starting a new song while the first shots rang out. Here's what happened. Take a look. And a listen. <laughs> People still didn't know what was going on at this point. Still unsure as to what was happening. A lot of people actually thought it was fireworks that were going off. And then it starts again. Just the horrific sounds of uh, what started this whole shooting event last night um, from Stephen Paddock. They, they have no motive. They, they have no idea uh, what motivated him. They have no idea what happened. They've talked to his family. We'll, get, we'll play with what his brother said in a few minutes here, but his family seems really confused. Uh, but what are you going to say? Yeah, we knew all along he was a probably going to be a mass shooter one day. I I don't know what you're going to say if you're a family member. But at one point, uh, ISIS claimed responsibility for this. But the FBI says there's there's absolutely no tie to international terrorism at all. I don't know if they know that for a fact. I don't know if they're just guessing or just doesn't look like it at this point. Um, but how how do you ever make sense of something like this? Where a guy goes into a hotel room and just starts randomly shooting at people he doesn't know for no apparent reason. It is so bizarre. Uh, and it is so tragic. And I'm so tired of it. I, I think all Americans are. We ha- you gotta be. 
uh, and just as tiresome is the politicization of this. Uh, Just people making it political. Like Hillary Clinton. I mean, right away, Hillary Clinton tweets out, um, Las Vegas, we are grieving with you, the victims who lost loved ones, the responders, and all affected by this cold-blooded massacre. Uh, The crowd fled at the sound of gunshots. Imagine the deaths if the shooter had a silencer, which the NRA wants to make easier to get. Uh, So already, you know, the the shots uh, uh, across the bow of the NRA. She also tweeted out, our grief isn't enough. We can and must put politics aside, stand up to the NRA, and work together to try to stop this from happening again. Put politics aside, and then what does she do? She brings politics into it. The politics of gun control. The politics of weakening the Second Amendment. It's the first thing they go to because they got nothing else. They don't want to deal with the real issues, uh, which mental illness is one of them. I mean, let's deal with that. There, There are mentally ill people. And how do we prevent them from from losing it and shooting people? There's also a problem with our society in that uh, I think people have have just become numb to loss of human life. They don't care about human life. And look at the Democrats. The Democrats don't care about human life. Uh, they're fine with 53 million babies being aborted since 1973 they don't have any problem with that of course of course human life has been devalued let's talk about that that is certainly part of the problem at least because if you value human life you don't you don't break out a window in a hotel room and start machine gun firing into a crowd beneath you 888-933-93 888-933-93 93 with your thoughts. Um, just a, a really, really inexplicable event. Uh, here were some witnesses to the event, people that were actually at the concert last said, night. hit the floor. So everyone was just like literally laying on top of each other, trying to get out of the way. And the, the shots just kept coming. And so we were going down. And when we got down, there was a man that was shot right there. They were trying to take him out. He was all bloody and he was unconscious. And one of my friends was helping him out and they got him out and we ran and everybody's hiding everywhere. I mean, they're hiding under the bleachers and the stanchions and anywhere they could. And everyone's telling us to run, run as fast as you can. My husband and I ran out toward our car and there were people hiding underneath my car for cover. And there was a, a gentleman that was shot and he said, can you help me? And so I put him in my car and I had like six people in my car, people with sh- out shoes running just to get away. And <laughs> we're vendors with a concert product booth inside. Um. Obviously, it was a three-day festival. It had been going really well. It was at the very end. You were in your booth? Yeah, Jason Aldean was playing, and we were in our booth, and we thought it was fireworks. And then it just didn't stop. And I'm like, Debbie, that's not fireworks. And then people started running, and we asked what was going on, and they said it was a shooter. And 
and then we realized it was it sounded like machine guns it sounded like more than one machine gun and it just didn't stop like 30 minutes what'd you guys do we were hiding in a beer truck behind our booth and in a budweiser truck for about 30 minutes and did they come and get you or did you guys just when it stopped did you guys get out on your own it was mass chaos you couldn't tell the difference between people that knew what was going on and people that were adding more confusion so we didn't know what to do so we just stayed there for about half hour did you see anybody injured anybody anybody yeah we saw people getting thrown inside a picture truck that were hurt and people that were thrown inside of us suvs that were hurt but i don't know any more than that we're asked to be watching the news ourselves to find out how to leave the area so well, I can tell you this strip this way is closed. Yeah, if you can make your car, you're not going to get your car, your car out for a while. So you might want to make I, I, it's not going to happen for a while. If you go over towards Hooters Hotel, that's where they've got it blocked off. On the other side, you could probably get out from over there. I know there's some other cars over that way. So I'm sorry to meet you in these circumstances. Just a few of the people who were there who experienced it uh, last night. It had to be absolutely terrifying. Uh, nobody knew what was going on, where the gunfire was coming from. You just wouldn't expect something like that. Um, and they, the weapon that he used is probably illegal already. So I don't know how much more illegal you can make it than illegal. Is there super illegal? Is there mega illegal? I, I don't know. But they're, they're already talking about gun control. Every Democrat in the world is yelling and screaming about gun control. Well, we've already controlled these kinds of guns. In 1986, they were banned. At least you couldn't buy any machine gun it was manufactured from 1986 forward. Now you could get some old, the old style machine guns, and but if they were federally registered and if you went through a certain process, but it's really tough to do. And people are saying, well, it's it's legal in Nevada. Well, only if you've complied with all of the federal regulations, which mostly ban these guns. So it's just as tough in Las Vegas to get these guns as it is anywhere else in the country because it's federal law and you have to follow federal law so we'll find we should be able to find out pretty quickly whether or not he had registered machine guns with him fully automatic weapons um they're really tough to get there and you you do have to you have to have a license and you have to be registered they know who you are they know where you are and every time you move them, you've got to report. And if you don't, you're in a lot of trouble. And in 1934, they put so many restrictions on this, on these types of guns, and, and so many excise taxes on them that it made it cost prohibitive. I mean, it's, in some cases, they're like $24,000 to buy them. Uh, you have to be fairly wealthy to own a machine gun. And if you, if you do own one, it's got to be prior to 1986 that the weapon was manufactured. So essentially, it's, there's a really good chance what he used was, is already illegal, and somehow he got it anyway. But the vitriol keeps coming to the NRA and the NRA's representatives like Dana Lash. Um, just tweet after tweet about, about Dana, because she's the spokesperson for the NRA now. Uh, one of them writes, as the spokesperson for the NRA, how do you sleep at night? Just another mass killing in the USA. Like it's the NRA's fault. 
Uh, also, she they wrote to her, uh, guy was just following your marching orders. Right. Yeah. Like Dana Lash said, go into a hotel room and start shooting at people below. Uh, Dana Lash, screw you, pro NRA lunatic. Blood on your hands, Dana. And this from Tactless Tom. If there's any justice in the world, you and your NRA cronies will be next. Wow. Just loving, inclusive, wonderful people who just who just want less violence in the world. That's all. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. With your thoughts, more Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. This is Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. It's hard to know what to say that hasn't already been said during the previous uh, shootings in America. Uh, you know, if you listen to Democrats, you, you, you're led to believe that this doesn't happen anywhere else. And it, it does. Of course it does. It happens with more regularity here, probably because we have freedom and we have a constitution. And I know people don't like to hear, well, then it's inevitable. And it's it's not inevitable. But we need to deal with the actual issues that are contributing to this. Like desensitizing our, our American uh, citizens. Like desensitizing our kids to uh, violence and this these kinds of shootings. I, I mean, it's not guns. In, in colonial America, everybody owned guns. Everybody owned guns. And they... They weren't shooting up concerts, which they probably didn't have many of. But they weren't shooting up mass gatherings of people and doing mass killings. So um, it's just, it's it's frustrating because it continues to happen. And uh, we hate to see it happen. And our thoughts and prayers go out to the, the families, the victims, Hopefully, the 500 people in the hospital will recover. Um, you just got to pray for comfort for them and their families. It also leads to extra fear, and you, you can't help but wonder when you go to a gathering like this, something going to happen. I mean, it's not likely, but it could. And it just it brings all of that into it. Um, these, these people, the 22 to 40,000 I've heard I've heard a lot of different estimates on as to the crowd size last night. I think the the venue holds 22,000, but I've heard as many as 40,000 may have been there. But they were just they were just going to a concert to have a good time on a Sunday night and didn't expect any of this. There's a cell phone video of people as uh, Jason Aldean was playing uh ducking as the shots were fired. Take a look at this. You can clearly hear the sound of the uh, fully automatic weapon in the background. I mean, he definitely had some sort of machine gun. Anything that uh, that fires fully automatically like that is considered a machine gun. So it is probably an illegal weapon to begin with. 
Also, uh, Fox News interviewed the shooter's brother. I believe the shooter's brother lives in Orlando, Florida, and they got a hold of him. He wasn't in great shape, but uh, here's what he had to say. Take a look. He called his mother. Ever any indication at all that this would... Nothing. That were we're lost. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. It makes there's no anything. Yeah, this never makes any sense. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Let's go to Eric in Florida. Hi, you're on the Blaze. How you doing, Pat? Good. Um, you know, I woke up this morning and I saw the notifications on my phone about what had happened, and. I I honestly was just scared and worried that that was like that wasn't the only thing that was going to happen. And I think back to 9/11 and how there was three different things that happened that were all tied together, mm-hmm. you know, in different places across the country. Yeah. And I was just afraid that you know there wasn't there couldn't have been something that happened in Orlando or you know or New York or somewhere out there in Nevada. You just never know because if ISIS is claiming responsibility for this, that they have people everywhere. You know, you yeah. never know where anything could strike. And it's just a scary thought. Yeah, it is. Uh, the FBI says there's no evidence of that. So, I mean, that... oh, I just I saw a Daily Mail report. Uh, I got a notification about it. Who knows? You know, but yeah, I know that I know that ISIS did. They did claim responsibility, but the FBI is disagreeing with that. I don't know if they're just taking credit because th- they wish they would have done something like this or yeah, or what the deal is. But uh, so far, the FBI says no, but we'll see. I mean, it's it's probably too early to tell. Appreciate the call, Eric. Thanks a lot. Uh, 888-900-3393. It does, it does create fear. It really does. Uh, you, you just wonder if ISIS ever was able to coordinate something like that in several different cities. Can you imagine what that would do? Uh, to mass gatherings of people. Nobody would want to go out anywhere at any time for anything. I mean, it was, you know, you'd be afraid to, to go to a mall. You'd be afraid to go to, the, to a concert. You'd be afraid to go to a festival. And there's all kinds of Oktoberfests coming up. I mean, it would be an effective uh, terror tactic. That's for sure. There's also some uh, cell phone footage of people running as the shots were fired. Um, here's here's what those people were going through last night. Jeez, listen to that. That's, uh, it's really hard to listen to and watch. Really hard. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. So far, 58 killed. At this point, 500 taken to local hospitals. 515, yep. 515. Uh, deadliest shooting in American history. Before this, it was the Orlando 
dance club shooting. Was it not 49 killed in that particular incident? Correct. And you do, I mean, I, I wish we knew how to stop these. I, I, you could take every gun from every law-abiding U.S. citizen, and this would still happen because if you're willing to murder people, you're willing to break the gun laws. I, I don't know if they're aware of that, but gun laws don't discourage people who want to kill like this. They don't care. If they don't care about human life, they don't care about your gun control laws. Here were a couple of uh, teenagers, a couple of teenage girls who witnessed what happened last night. We heard two pop noises and thought it was a sound system. And then Jason, he, he kept he continuing dropped. like nothing was wrong. And then we heard it continue and he still was going. And then he fell. He dropped and ran. He just ran off, he just ran off the stage. And, and then people started dropping to the floor. And then we were running out. No, we know. And we saw some victims that were shot and then uh, we just kept running until we got to the cops you just you shouldn't have to go through that when you go to a concert and you never expect to have to go through something like that and there was no announcement ever made hey take cover uh, on the pa system was there i think the the band just got the hell out of there and it's hard to blame them but they they just took off i don't know if it would have been better or worse to make an announcement to take cover at least get down because you might have created a worse stampede than you had anyway. Because hmm. a lot of the injuries, I think, happened when people were rushing for the exits and running over the top of people. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really tough to know what to do in, in something like this because it's just, I mean, it's... Yeah, that's one of those things where you don't know how you're going to react until no, you're don't. in that position. And uh, in fact, we've got a guest coming up at the uh, top of hour three who's going to tell us, hey, here's how you prepare the best uh, if way you to find do it. yourself in a situation like that. There was a guy that we had on, uh, on, on Glenn's radio show a few years ago, and he was talking about how whenever you go into a place, mm-hmm. you should always look around and figure out your plan yeah. if something goes wrong. Know where the exits are. Know where the exits are. Know how you would react if a shooter came in. And I've thought about that quite a few times uh, when I've been places. I look at the exits and I think, that's where I'm going if anything happens. Yeah, make a plan. Here's what I'm going to do. And so I think that's a really good idea. Know what you're going to do and hit the floor for one thing. Get on the ground and crawl out of there. Because people who were running were hit by just nonstop machine gun fire. Yeah. Um, I, I personally like to face the door at a restaurant for situations like this. But so does the mob. So you got yep. got something in common with him. And there you go. But John Matthews, author of the book Mass Shooting, Six Steps for Survival, coming up uh, okay. 90 minutes from now. Talk to him then. Larry in Utah, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hi, guys. Hey. Uh, I, just, I just called. I've, I've been listening to your show, and I saw you talking about that this was a fully automatic machine gun. And I believe that possibly, in fact, it is not. Uh, fully really? automatic machine gun. Yeah, fully automatic machine gun fires very fast. And it's uh, they're hard to get. They're really expensive. I know. But there's a product on the market that's been on the market for a few years called a bump fire stock. Uh, the bump fire stock is a replacement stock that hooks into the trigger assembly on any AR that's piston driven, which most of them are. Oh, and you can modify it to become fully you automatic. You, you pull off. Well, what it does is it uses the 
the recoil from firing the gun mm-hmm. to refire it, and it fires in both directions. Back. Is that legal to obtain? Is it legal to get it, one of those? It actually is completely legal. They cost wow. minimum $125, go up to maybe $250. You can buy them at Cabela's. Here Why is that legal when it makes it so close to an automatic weapon and those are uh, virtually because banned? Because the, the law just hasn't caught up to thinking that it's okay. a, it's not a fully automatic machine gun, but it will fire at almost the complete rate of a fully automatic machine gun. If if it if turns out to be YouTube, that, Larry, we're in for we're in for a heck of a ride because they're going to be well, yelling and screaming about that. Most people that own a bump fire, and I've looked at buying one, but most people that own a bump fire will not talk about it. Because really, they're afraid of it. Uh, well, yeah, you know, somebody's <laughs> yes. going to look at it. But you can see pictures of it on YouTube. right And it's now. called what? Videos. Bump fire. Bump fire stock. B-U-M-P. Look it up. Okay. B-U-M-P. Appreciate it. See Thanks all for the info. videos on the internet. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Pat Gray Unleashed. More coming up. Pat Gray. The Blaze Radio Network. I think the gunman last night fired literally thousands of rounds into that crowd. Thousands of rounds. This could have been so much worse. I mean, it's bad enough as it is, obviously, and we certainly don't want to borrow any more trouble than we already have, but that could have been a lot worse with twenty-two to 40,000 people there. Um, fortunately, this guy apparently wasn't military trained, apparently had no expertise in this. His brother says he wasn't a gun guy. Uh, he didn't even know he had any weapons, let alone a, an arsenal of weapons like this. Uh, this was the police dispatch that uh, happened last night. We have uh, audio from the police scanner. I'd love for you to react to it and, and tell me what you're hearing. Take a listen. What's going on, Timmy? He's coming from upstairs. It's in Mandalay mm. Bay. Upstairs, Mandalay Bay, halfway up. I see the shots coming from Mandalay Bay. We have multiple casualties. GSWs at the medical tent. Multiple casualties. Just be advised, it is automatic fire. Fully automatic fire from an elevated position. Take cover. Multiple GSWs to the chest, legs, femoral arteries, at the medical tent, at the medical tent, 4A, off of Guile, south of Reno. Control Zebra 20. Zebra 20, go ahead. Sit on the suspect's door. I need everybody in that hallway to be aware of it and get back. We need to pop this and see if we get any type of response from this guy to see if he's in here or if he's actually moved out somewhere else. Copy. Hmm. All units on the 32nd floor. SWAT has explosive breach. Everyone in the hallway needs to move back. All units move back. Breach, breach, breach. Whoa. Uh, Commissioner Bratton, with your experience, what did you hear happening there? Going back to my earlier comment, extraordinary action on the part of the Sheriff's Department. Sheriff's Department in Las Vegas fortunately has a full-time SWAT unit, which would account for the speed for that highly trained, well-equipped unit getting to the scene, but then being directed to the Mandalay. You heard that other officer identifying shots coming from the Mandalay at an upper floor, and then locating that, that, that building about 50 or 60 stories high how quickly they got up there. It'll be really fascinating as this unfolds as to how they got to that room on that floor as quickly as they did. But then the calmness, uh, the idea Mm -hmm. of the lead person in that uh, uh, team 
radioing everybody back off. We're going to into the room. Calm. This is an officer, a team of officers, probably a stream of about eight of them, getting ready to go in and confront an individual with weapons who has just killed dozens upon dozens of people. Calm, professional, deliberate. They set off the explosion to breach the door and then probably threw a flashbang grenade, which yeah. would give off a lot of light and noise to distract the shooter, and then moved in at great risk to their own lives. And, and of course, he was already dead when they got there. Uh, once the SWAT team got to him, he had killed himself. You just wonder, why don't you start there? Just start there. And then it stops there. So I, nobody knows uh, what the story is. The, I, I guess they've raided his house, and we'll certainly find out if there was anything on computers or posts on Facebook or notes that he left that gives us any clue, any insight into what happened here and why he did this. They originally were looking at his companion, his girlfriend, uh, as maybe a co-conspirator, and now they apparently have discounted that. They don't. They don't think she she was. But there was something very strange about forty-five minutes before the shooting started. And I mean, were you thinking, "Oh my gosh, this this woman told us that before before we left"? A woman and her male companion. They said it was her boyfriend. She was. They were both Hispanic, apparently, and they walked into the crowd. In fact, they pushed their way deep into the crowd by saying that he couldn't breathe. And so people made way for him. And then here's here's what she eventually said. Yeah, I thought it had a positive correlation to it. Like, obviously, she was telling us that in either to tell us to warn us or to tell us that we were all going to die. And she was part of it. She started she went in. She waded into the crowd and started screaming. You're all going to effing die. How strange is that? Uh, and this is one of the witnesses who saw her and heard her do that. Okay, uh, her and her boyfriend were both Hispanic. They were probably about shorter five-footers, probably about five, 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 six. Um, they just look like everyday people. Just. Can you tell us anything more about them, what they look like? Why were they escorted out? Were they escorted out because you were feeling uncomfortable about what they said? Yes, because she had been messing with the lady in front of her and telling her that she was going to die, that we were all going to die. So they escorted her out to make her stop messing around with all the other people in front of them. But none of us knew that it was going to be serious. So security escorted them out and just let them go. They just kicked them out of the of the venue. I, I don't know how you handle that. Mm-hmm. 2020 hindsight it says that you take them in for questioning. But there's nutty people who do that kind of stuff all the time. I mean, there are people in major urban areas who stand on street corners in uh, on just about every city in, in the country and yell people to repent and that they're all going to die and the world is coming to an end. Do we take all of them into custody and say, hey, what do you know that we don't know? Of course not. You don't. And so do you think this is just some nutcase who's screaming you're all going to die? Or do you think, well, maybe she knows something. Maybe we should look into it. Right now, it looks like they should have looked into it, but I don't know. if So it's it's either a really strange coincidence where two lunatics came into the crowd and started telling them they were going to die, and then this just coincidentally happened, or they knew. They knew that this guy was going to start shooting at them. I, I guess she also said, they're all around you, and you're all going to effing die. Very strange. 
That, Very strange. Do you think that that happens something along those lines on a more regular basis, perhaps? And this probably it just happened this night, you know? Yeah, and it just happened to be uh, coincidentally where yeah. something did happen. I I don't know, maybe. But I'm I'm of the mind. Would you leave? Yeah. If if somebody walked <sighs> into the middle of a crowd where twenty two thousand people are gathered for a concert, and you hear her screaming, they're all around you. You're all going to effing die, and you're waiting for Jason Aldean to take the stage because you're a big fan. Mm-hmm. Does that freak you out to the point where you leave, or do you just blow that off as some crackpot? And this was in the crowd at the concert, yep. correct? Yep. Oh boy, see. If it were out on the street or it was at a casino, I mean, you have other options. You could just be like, all right, you know what? Let's just play it safe and go somewhere else. But boy, at the concert, that's tough. Uh, it really especially, is. Especially if you're there for really that is. specific singer and band. Oh, Me, not being a Jason Aldean mm-hmm. fan, I'm leaving. Right. No, exactly. I, I probably wouldn't be there in the first place. Yeah. Unless but- it was something my wife really wanted to see. And then, you know, who knows? But uh, we've got these his- his stories, though, of... American heroes who are laying down across people, mm. protecting them from the gunfire, protecting them from the stampede uh, of father who laid down on his grown sons so that they wouldn't be run over or shot. Uh, boyfriends laying down across their girlfriends, in some cases being shot so that their girlfriend wouldn't get shot. Just uh, amazing stories of courage coming out of this too. Mm. Uh, the Islamic State that took responsibility for this claimed that through their propaganda arm, Amok News, that 64-year-old Stephen Paddock was a, quote, soldier, unquote, who converted to Islam just a few months ago. The Las Vegas attacker is a soldier of the Islamic State in response to calls to target coalition countries. Uh, And, of course, there's absolutely no evidence of that. And his brother who admits he's, he wasn't really close to to the guy, the shooter. Uh, but he says there were, he had no really political affiliation. He had certainly no religious affiliation. So everybody's just kind of at a loss as to what transpired here and why. I, I don't know that we'll ever make sense of it. Yeah. I mean, this goes back to this is... This is the risk you run in a free society, I guess, right? Um, it is. People get pissed off when you say that, though, uh, because we shouldn't just accept it. And, and I don't think anybody's doing that. No. Nobody is just saying, well, it's going to happen. Let's not do anything about it. What we're saying is it's going to happen in a society with this kind of freedom. And sometimes, you know, that's the cost of this kind of freedom. And you, you fight against it every every chance you get and with everything you have. But the answer isn't to take away guns. That's not going to cure the problem. Hey, you look at Chicago. Chicago is one of the bloodiest cities in the world for murders uh, and gunfire. I mean, every weekend, it's upwards of 40 to 50 to 60 people shot, 8 to 10 to 12 to 15 dead every weekend. And they have the toughest laws, the toughest gun control laws in the nation. So what are you supposed to do with that? It shows you that these ridiculous gun control laws don't do anything to to stop the violence. And of course, as Keith always likes to point out, point out the, uh, the John Adams quote, our 
Constitution was made only for a uh, moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. And, you know, as we become a less moral society, you get more of this. There you go. Do, do you throw your hands up and say, well, it's just a byproduct of freedom? I don't think so. But again, you, you go after what the actual causes are. Yeah. Mental illness, probably the biggest. Um, desensitizing America's youth. Of course, this guy was not America's youth. This is a 64-year-old man, which is what makes this so amazingly unusual. Just a white guy who's 64, doesn't seem to have any religious sensibilities, doesn't seem to have any political affiliation, at least at this point. Maybe they'll find something in the next little while. And so why why all of a sudden, after 64 years, does does this happen? His brother said he must have just snapped. Mm. Why? A lot of people snap, and don't, but don't, they don't shoot 58 people or upwards of 500 people. And then, of course, the blame game is uh, happening fast and furiously. The Democrats can't even wait until people are out of the hospital. They can't even wait until the victims get to the hospital before they're on their gun control bandwagon. Nowhere but America, according to Chris Murphy, a Democrat from, from Connecticut. Nowhere but America do horrific large-scale mass shootings happen with this degree of regularity. This must stop. It is positively infuriating that my colleagues in Congress are so afraid of the gun industry that they pretend there aren't public policy responses to this epidemic. Okay. They're not afraid of the gun industry. They're concerned about something called the United States Constitution. He says there are, and the thoughts and prayers of politicians are cruelly hollow if they are paired with continued legislative indifference. It's time for Congress to get off its ass and do something. Um, Connecticut's been at the center of this gun control effort because, obviously, Sandy Hook... And we've got super liberal congressional members like Richard Blumenthal, who said it's been barely a year since what was previously the largest mass shooting in American history, the deadly attack at Pulse nightclub. Uh, in the interim, thousands more have been lost to the daily ruthless toll of gun violence. Still, Congress refuses to act. I am more than frustrated. I'm furious. And on and on it goes. To the tweets of Hillary Clinton, our grief is not enough. We can and must put politics aside. And then she slams politics directly into our face. Stand up to the NRA and work together to try to stop this from happening again. The crowd fled at the sound of gunshots. Imagine the deaths. If the shooter had a silencer, which the NRA wants to make easier to get. Just despicable. Just a despicable human being. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here. On the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks for being here on another sad day in America. 
58 dead, 500 plus injured, about 515 at hospitals, apparently. Uh, a lot of people were driven to hospitals by non-emergency personnel or they drove themselves. And so they didn't even have the full count when initially they were saying 200 some. Then it went to 467 or whatever. Now it's about 515. And that may not be as many as really are hospitalized. Uh, but just the, the worst mass shooting in American history last night at a concert in Las Vegas. Where for whatever reason, this Stephen Paddock went to the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay Hotel and started opening fire with what apparently is a fully automatic weapon, or it may have been converted into something with a, it's a bump, a bump rifle, something, uh, I'm not a weapons expert, but yeah, one of our callers know. said it was a, you can actually get some sort of modification for an AR-15 that turns it into something. It's a that's bump fire stock. Bump fire stock. Mm-hmm turns it virtually into an automatic weapon. Um, and he was firing from two separate windows. So this guy really had, he had it planned out. Uh, he wanted to take an awful lot of lives and did, and then killed himself before the SWAT team got there. Already the hoaxes are starting to circulate. Oh. Uh, of course, as always happens with... Uh, with these kinds of tragedies. They're all actors, right? All, all the people that were... I haven't seen that yet. Okay. But many people started sharing a photo of the shooter, and it wasn't the shooter. This happens all the time. You know what else happens is that there's always a second shooter. In every single one of these cases, they say, we suspect there's two shooters. And then there never is. There never are two shooters. Uh, it's really strange. I, I don't know why, but almost every single time they report multiple shooters. Uh, but this, as many people began sharing a photo of the shooter, which misidentified him, the man in the viral photo is actually a comedian named Sam Hyde, not an Islamic convert. But somebody tweeted out breaking news. Shooter identified as 32-year-old Islam convert Samir al Hajid. No, that's that's Sam Hyde, who's a comedian and not a member of Al-Qaeda or ISIS or any other terror group. Another social media user shared a photo of a man who claimed to be her brother, uh, who was allegedly lost among the dead and injured. However, the photo featured a Mexican man who is suspected of being connected to a murder and is, in fact, currently in jail. Another user tweeted that their son was missing after the attack and immediately followed up the tweet with a plug for their Instagram page. Hey, that, come on now. Mm. That is despicable. That, what is wrong with people? Somebody else targeted a com- Canadian man who shared the same name as the shooter, Stephen Paddock, uh, which is always a problem. A White House credentialed website, Gateway Pundit, falsely accused a different man altogether of the shooting. The article has since been pulled down. Um, According to the original article, Gateway Pundit wrote, Geary Danley, reportedly the murderer of at least 20 concert goers in Las Vegas, from initial accounts was a far-left loon. Uh, Then there's Wayne Allen Root, former libertarian vice presidential nominee and conservative media personality. Is he a conservative media personality? I don't know made claims on Twitter that the shooting was a coordinated Muslim terror attack. 
Wayne Allen Root is the guy who said he went to Colombia and he never saw, at the same time, Barack Obama reportedly went to Colombia and he knew everybody on campus and never saw Barack Obama. The allegation being he never went to Colombia. I see. Because if Wayne Allen Root didn't see him, right. he must not have been there. Wasn't there. Because, I mean, Wayne Allen Root knew everybody. He knew everybody. He knew everybody. So. Super popular guy. So if uh, he never saw Barack Obama, he wasn't there. Wasn't there. Another Twitter user reported that his nephew was missing, sharing a photo of Vine star Lil Terrio. The tweet was shared approximately 400 times before it was removed. And then some cute Twitter user shared a photo of a porn film star and uh, said that it was his father. Why, why would you do this? It's so many sick people. And Twitter, where you can be kind of you know anonymous, where you can do what you want with apparently no, no consequences whatsoever, it just inspires people to, to bring out the worst in them. Let's go to Mike in Indiana. You're on the blaze. Hey, Mike. Hey, Pat. How are you doing? Good. Uh, I heard you reference something there about the uh, uh, the uh, silencers. Yeah. And uh, uh, somebody had said something about Yeah, Hillary Clinton was saying how bad it would have been if there was a silencer on it, and the NRA is pushing for silencers to be Right, legal. and uh, that's a big misnomer. Those are not silencers. Those are suppressors. Uh, I'm a class three owner, so I, I understand how they work. And they only drop that DB down about 25 to 30 DB. Well, no, I've seen on movies, Mike, that yeah, I know. it's really quiet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> I wish they were that quiet, but they're not. They're not. Uh, no. So what you do you have a silencer? Yes. And for what do you use it? Uh, for my 308, just to help out with my hearing. Okay, yeah, just so you don't have that loud... Right. In your, I mean, you can still hear it, believe me. Yeah. I mean, would you have heard it clear from the Mandalay Bay oh, with yeah. the silencer? Oh, you would have. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Now, what, do you know anything about this uh, bump fire stock? Yes, I do. Um, I don't believe that was a bump fire. Enough, nothing against the person that called in. Yeah. Um, I I truly believe that was a like an AK-47 due to the cycle rate on it. So fully automatic? Do AK, yeah, AK yeah, 40, modified it. AK-47s come fully automatic, or you have no, to modify them? They have to be modified. It's the same type of rifle that uh, guys used out there in California when they robbed that bank. Yeah. When they when they modified them. Wow. Yeah. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Mike. Hey. Yeah. Oh, are you still there? Uh, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I just said have a good day. All right. You too. Okay, Thanks. Thank you, sir. <laughs> we didn't want to miss that That's part That's important, of it, man. Right? Yeah, it's important. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. With your thoughts, uh, we also have the situation in Spain to talk about, which is amazing. Uh, the Spaniards are really cracking down on Catalonia, which is just—it's a state within Spain that includes the city Barcelona, which is obviously one of the largest cities in Spain, and they want their independence and they want to break off from Spain. And Spain doesn't want that to happen. So they've been very, very oppressive in their efforts to stop the vote. To, in, in fact, uh, sending in people, sending in uh, officers and the military to actually go to the polls and prevent people from voting. 
uh, it seems very undemocratic, if you will. Yeah. Seems a little heavy-handed to me. They injured, what, 337 people at the polls? Oh, I think more than that. Is it more than that now? Uh, last I saw. Maybe that was an early uh, estimate. Yeah, but this would be the equivalent of like a U.S. state breaking away. Yeah, or it'd be like to Texas. It'd be like Texas saying we're we're gonna we're gonna break off from the United States and form our own republic again because that worked out really well the first time, and maybe we should have stayed there. But uh, <laughs> and then it would be the equivalent uh-huh. of the United States sending in the army to stop us from voting. Uh, pretty pretty bad. Yeah, pretty fascistic. It's gonna be very interesting to see what happens there. It is. Get into that as well, and more on the shooting and your thoughts at 888-900-3393. It's Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. 888 It's Pat Gray. As we're reeling from what happened in Las Vegas on the Strip last night, 50 plus, 58 so far uh, confirmed killed. 515 taken to local hospitals after a mass shooting, the largest in American history. Uh, prior to this, the largest was the shooting at the nightclub in Orlando that killed 49 people, injured another 50, 58. Um, then back in 2007, you got the uh, the Asian student, 23 years old, went on a shooting spree at Virginia Tech. He killed 32. Adam Lanza gunned down 20 children, six adults. Sandy Hook, uh, that happened in 2012. George Hennard crashed his pickup through the wall of Luby's Cafeteria at Colleen, Texas. This was uh, back in 1991. He shot and killed 23 people before committing suicide. In that particular shooting, um, there was a woman in the restaurant with her parents, and they overturned a table and got behind it. Her father went to uh, try to stop the gunman and got shot dead. Right before her eyes. I believe her mother went to see the if her the father was okay. She got shot. She went for her weapon, which she had a concealed weapons permit. Uh, but the weapon's not in the purse because it was illegal to bring it into Luby's. It was in her car. So she realized, and she's she was a good shot. She had practiced a lot, which you have to do in order to get a uh, concealed weapons permit. And so she could have ended that pretty quickly, but couldn't couldn't take the gun. How many of these could be avoided if we allowed more people to have guns with them when they were in certain situations? You can't get Democrats to understand that logic, though. They they just don't understand it. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Some really amazing stories are coming out of Las Vegas, including uh, the man who is 53-year-old Mike McGarry, 
He was he's a financial advisor from Philadelphia. He was at the at the concert with his family when he heard the gunshots ring out. Uh, the kids, his kids got down. They're grown people now, 20, 20 years old plus. He's 53. He said, I just laid down on top of the kids. I've lived a good life and tried to protect them. Country music star Jason Aldean was, of course, on stage, and they rushed him off, and everybody else just started running, and this guy laid down on his children. Fortunately, he's alive. He survived the incident. Uh, then we have uh, another story of uh, Benge. Let's see. What's his? Uh, Taylor Benge revealed that the experience last night turned him from agnostic into a full-fledged believer. He said, I was agnostic going into that concert, and I'm a firm believer in God now because there's no way that all of that happened and that I made it and I was blessed enough to still be here alive talking to you today. Pretty amazing. My sister and I, we started running to the left, and every time they shot, we took cover. My sister, being as noble as she is, she actually threw herself on top of me and was saying, I love you, Taylor. I love you. And I'll never forget that. She also, I think, survived the incident. Uh, just, uh, I mean, some... Amazing stories already, and I'm sure there's going to be an awful lot more that we hear about before this is over. Um, an ex-military uh, member of the uh, military uh, jumped into his gear. He said, you saw a lot of ex-military just jump into gear. I saw guys plugging bullet holes with their fingers. Uh, trying to stop bleeding while everyone else was crouching. Police officers were standing up at targets, just trying to direct people, tell them where to go. The amount of bravery I saw there, words just can't describe. So many of them took action, and rather than taking cover, they were helping other people. That's their military training, I guess, you know, kicking into gear and uh, taking over, where for other people, fear just took over. And he says that was an automatic rifle without a doubt. He was just spraying the crowd. He was relentless. There was no stopping. And then it would echo throughout the area. So nobody knew where to go. Mm. And then all of a sudden, people would run away from a safe area. But you didn't know if it was safe. It was just absolute chaos and carnage. Ah, just unbelievable. On Monday, well today, former executive assistant director of the FBI, Sean Henry, and former New York City Police Commissioner Bill Bratton told the Las Vegas police, uh, told NBC News that the Las Vegas police deserve an incredible amount of credit for identifying and locating the gunman as quickly as they did. But it was tough to get to him because he's on the 32nd floor. And, you know, nobody wants to be shot while they're trying to get there. He said police officers have to be given a lot of credit here for law enforcement to identify where he was while other law enforcement officers are trying to help evacuate people out of the area to maintain their safety and then to gain access to that space and do what is called the dynamic entry. They're not concerned about their own safety. Their primary concern is stopping the shooting to protect those people down below. Then there's this uh, amazing photo of somebody clearly drunk holding a beer <laughs> And facing Mandalay Bay, 
looking up at where the shots were apparently coming from yeah. and flipping them off. <laughs> I tweeted that. Thank you very much. Okay, so that's tweeted out at Pat Unleashed. Uh, it's at uh, at the Blaze Keith, but I did tag you. Okay. Hashtag tell Pat. So, so the guy's I, just standing there defiantly, probably drunk out of his mind, <laughs> flipping off the gunman and apparently survived to tell that tale. Yeah. You just retweeted Jeez. that, by the way. So, yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. So you can go to at Pat Unleashed and uh, tweet about that. Also, we, we Facebook lived again today and we do pretty much every day. So in order to see that, uh, you go to Facebook.com slash The Blaze. And of course, the tweeting is at Pat Unleashed. 888-933-93. Do we know who that guy was? The drunk guy who's just flipping him off? No, but but it's my hope that he calls 888-900-3393 and joins us here on the program. I would, I would like to talk to him. That must have been the beer talking, right? <laughs> <laughs> you lost a little bit of your inhibitions and your sense. <laughs> Your common sense kind yeah. of went down the drain. Yeah, That's hope- really not worth it just to flip the guy off. Hopefully he's still with us. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, over the weekend, there were other terror attacks going on. A 30-year-old rammed his van into a police car and sent the officer flying 15 feet in the air. He then jumped out of the car, knifed the cops several more times, and fled on foot. Police chased down the attacker as he drove through the packed streets in downtown Edmonton, Canada. He then plowed into four pedestrians, leaving them with multiple injuries before he was arrested after flipping the van on its side. Yeah, I think his intention was to drive through uh, um, Edmonton Eskimos football game was happening and there was a big crowd nearby. And I think that the roadblock that the police had set up for the crowd is what inadvertently stopped him. Yeah. Wow. It was a rented van and he had an ISIS flag in the front seat. So... Pretty obvious evidence that that was ISIS-related. Witness to the event, Kim Anderson, told the Edmonton Sun, there were people flying and everything. I'm shocked. I I just see people flying. It's being treated as a terror-related good. You wonder if in the United States they'd be treating it as terror. The officer was approached by an unknown male suspect in the vehicle at which time the suspect rammed the police cruiser. Suspect got out of the car and the altercation ensued. And then there, there was another incident in Marseille, France. A knife-wielding man killed at least two women at the St. Charles train station in Marseille before police killed the suspect. Military police uh, were able to kill him before he got to anybody else. He was not carrying any identification but they did say that he shouted Alahu Akbar, or God is the greatest, before he started out on his rampage. Just really tough. Really tough. So train stations seem to be a major target. Of course, driving over the top of people pretty much on city streets, uh, happening all over the place. Now, now Canada? I can't remember a time when Canada has suffered a terrorist attack. Am I forgetting any? Yeah, what was the one? The uh, Parliament. Uh, who was that guy? Uh, remember that? Just outside? I don't remember. Parliament? Yeah, and, and he was stopped by... Um, hmm. Oh, gosh. I guess the equivalent of... Oh, the uh, Canadian Mounted Police. No. No? <laughs> it was... Uh, oh, boy. It's kind of like the uh, Sergeant at Arms is for us here. 
Um, you remember that was in Ottawa I okay. don't know, a few years ago, hmm. Ottawa terror attack. And I that, can't remember who, like, what kind of individual it was that perpetrated that attack. It was 2014, shootings at Parliament Hill, Ontario. Hmm. Uh, I mean, sorry, Par- Parliament Hill, Ottawa. And um, I just... Uh, Does yeah. it say it was Cana- Islamic? Canadian soldier on ceremonial sentry duty is who stopped him. Um, and it was oh. Michael... Oh, this is, the, this is the guy that Al Sharpton can't pronounce. Michael Zehab Bilabo. Oh, wow. yeah. oh, it's that guy. <laughs> Michael Zehab Beetlebomb or whatever it was he said. He couldn't, yeah. Okay, hold on a second. So he fatally shot mm. Corporal Nathan uh, Cirillo, a Canadian soldier on ceremonial, ceremonial sentry duty, then entered nearby uh, center block parliament building where members of the parliament uh, were attending caucuses, uh, wrestled with mm. a constable um, who uh, helped uh, subdue the guy with parliament security personnel. And we got to get into this uh, situation in Spain, which is, it's strange. Europe is in trouble right now because after Brexit, there's a lot of countries that just want to do their own thing. They want to break off from the European Union. Uh, In this case, Catalonia wants to break off from Spain. Uh, One of the most populous cities in Spain is involved in that, being Barcelona. That's where the Olympics were held. Um the summer games several years ago. What was that? 92? Was it that long ago? I think it was. Yes. I think it was a 1992 summer games in Barcelona. So uh, that would kind of be like if, uh, if Texas with its major cities decided to leave the United States of America and the Spaniards are not happy about it. Riot police and military personnel fired rubber bullets, forced their way into polling stations in Catalonia as thousands of people turned out to vote for independence. At least uh, 91 people were injured. I think that's an early report. More than 300 who went to the hospital. And police cracked down on on, uh, what they call a farce election. The violence further heightened tension between Madrid and the authorities in Catalonia. In the worst political crisis the country has witnessed in decades, Spanish democracy faces its greatest challenge, according to the headlines in in Spanish papers. Now, uh, Barcelona is a city, just Barcelona proper is about 1.6 million, but there's 4.7 million in the metropolitan area. It's Mm -hmm. a huge city, and it's a huge deal if Barcelona were to leave Spain. From what I understand, that section of Spain accounts for about 20% of the GDP of the country. Confirmed, yep. So the the question of the referendum is, uh, do you want Catalonia to become an independent state in the form form of a republic? Now, I understood weeks ago before this escalated to this point that most people, even in Catalonia, were against, Mm. were against leaving Spain. It was, it was fairly close, but the, but the majority was, now nah, we're going to stay with Spain. But then Spain cracked down on Catalonia and told them, no, you can't vote. You're not going to vote. There, there will be no vote. We're, we're negating your process. Well, that pissed them off even further. And so now uh, I believe the sentiment has swung the other way, where they are in favor of independence. I saw something about 90%. Voted to break away, ninety. So yeah. so ninety percent to break away, and just ten percent of the people wanted to stay with. That's Spain. what I saw. 
Um, That's a huge turnaround from where it was. Yeah. Unless the polling was just. Yeah. And, and you think if you're going to if you're going to lie and, and throw in a rig an election, you're going to wow. come up with a, a more believable number than 90 percent. But um, yeah, I'm going to keep. Uh, yeah. And Catalonia referendum, 90% of voters back independence. This is Sky News. Wow. And by the way, number of injuries, 893 in Catalonia. 893. Anybody killed? No deaths that I've seen. That's amazing. Wow. The unjustified use of violence, which is both irrational and irresponsible by the Spanish state, will not stop the will of the Catalan people, according to Catalan president. Uh, this is pretty interesting. They definitely want their independence, and even more so now. If Spain would have left this alone and just let them vote, this might have gone the other way. Right. But now, because of their fascist uh, movements here, in order to squash a, a democratic process, people really turned against them. Now, I can understand that Spain doesn't want Catalonia, 20% of their GDP, to go away. But maybe that's not the best way to handle it. 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. Let me tell you about Patriot Mobile. Uh, we all know the big government is at the root of many of America's problems. But Big Mobile is contributing to America's problems because they take a uh, portion of the proceeds and they put it straight into the pockets of organizations like Planned Parenthood they advocate for sanctuary cities and gun control. If you don't mind that, let's stay with your company. If you do mind that and you'd like to do something about it and still get great service and pay less money for that service, then you need to call Patriot Mobile today. Right now, you can get the same nationwide coverage with unlimited talk and text, and that starts at 20 bucks a month. When have you ever seen a cell phone bill that low? I never have. <laughs> Never have. 20 bucks. It's unheard of. So call Patriot Mobile today at 1-800-A-PATRIOT or visit the website at patriotmobile.com slash pat. Patriotmobile.com slash pat or call 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Pat Gray Unleashed. On the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks for being here. Another sad day. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Fifty eight killed is uh, these are the current numbers. Fifty eight killed. Five hundred fifteen at local hospitals. In that uh, shooting in Las Vegas on the Strip last night, we were talking about the drunk guy who stood up and flipped off the shooter. As soon as the shooting renewed, he did duck. So he had that much common sense. Then as soon as there was a lull, right. he was back up flipping them off again. <laughs> <laughs> it's just amazing. Oh, boy. Wow. Or, or as people on Twitter, someone said, hero or badass? <laughs> this could go either way. <laughs> or buffoon. Oh, yeah. You could use that word as well. 888-900-3393. Also, we got the situation in, in Catalonia and in Spain that's brewing because right after Catalonia... You're going to have to deal probably with Belgium. France is making a lot of noise that they'd like to be independent again. They shouldn't have done this in the first place. How 
How much did we say, look, you, you don't want a European Union. This is one step closer to a new world order. You want your own sovereign nation. How, why would you want to be subjected to the sensibilities of everybody else in this so-called union? People with different cultures, different mindset, different forms of government that you don't have and you don't want to be subjected to. The Euro Union didn't make sense at all to begin with. I mean, sure, economically, it created somewhat of an economic power, but the people don't feel like they're free. In Great Britain, they wanted to be they wanted to be British again. They don't want to be part of Europe. In Catalonia, they want to take care of their own selves, make their own decisions, have their own currency, have their own government. So the crackdown there has been uh, really harsh. We'll see how uh, Spain comes out on the other side of this. Meantime, it's uh, Danny in Arkansas. You're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, how you doing today? Doing good. Hey, listen, man. I'm sitting here watching your show, and I'm watching some of the other shows. And I just want to tell you, as a, I'm a United States Marine Corps combat veteran. I served in Vietnam those last days of April of 1975. Thanks for your okay? service. And I was and I was an M60 machine gunner, so I know quite a bit about automatic weapons. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I am a conservative Democrat. Okay, and I will have to qualify that. I am sick to death. Why don't y'all just stop, man? I'm sick of hearing the right politicize this and the left politicize this. We have American citizens lying dead in the street. Mm -hmm. Their blood is still out there, okay? Mm -hmm. And and I'm sure that not everybody who died out there and not everybody who wounded was a Republican. And I'm sure not all of them were Democrats. And and then those people who were victims of this shooting may have run the entire gamut of how they feel about guns in America. Mm -hmm. But all I'm hearing from you guys is politicization, and I wish it would stop. Let's come together as a nation. Let's realize that Democrats and, and some of the people on the left are solid Americans, too. I served in Vietnam with guys who were from the left. Okay, they were, they were left-wing liberals. Okay, and I served with some right-wing, right-wing guys, too. Okay, we're all American. Mm-hmm. Let's stop. Because yeah, if you're I... not helping, every time, every time you want to bring up Hillary and what she said, you know, you're just driving a wedge further between the American people. Well, we've got... You know, take some uh, w- personal responsibility and stuff. Danny, it is my responsibility to talk about what's going on, and what is going on is that Hillary Clinton is politicizing this. I mean... Oh, my God, y'all politicized San Bernardino. As soon as it was over with, y'all started screaming about Muslim terrorists. I, I didn't start screaming about it, but, I mean, it was Muslim terror. San well, Bernardino was Islamic terror. So what you know, are you, you supposed know, that- to say? Of course, you're going to deal with that when you know for a fact it's Islamic terror. We've got to do something about it. And if you don't say something about it, nothing's going to get done about it. And when well, when Hillary Clinton's about automatic weapons, unless we start talking about them either, when Hillary Clinton now, starts yelling about this before no the blood is even dry. Hey, okay, I, if you're going to just scream, get off the phone. Jeez, I don't have time for that. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. If you could just have a discussion. Look, this is what we do. We talk about these things. Mm-hmm. If, if I, I mean, there's no reason for talk radio if we don't talk about what the politicians are saying after a tragedy like this. And when they're yelling about gun control, it has to be responded to. Otherwise, we're going to have gun control. So I don't know what you want to happen there, Danny, but uh, it's not going to. I think, I think you're actually doing a service by... Um, 
This was the Democrat nominee saying what we need to do from here and saying, oh, we've got to fight back against the NRA. I mean, that, that just merely quoting uh, a, a Democrat leader isn't politicizing anything. Um, we're not the ones pinning blame like, uh, like uh, what's his name, Piers Morgan is doing. We're mm-hmm. not doing that. We're simply saying this is what they are saying out there, and you need to know this because this fight is coming. And we're also, not blaming anybody whatsoever. When something happens like that in San Bernardino, um, it, that you that should be a uniting factor against Islamic terrorism. It should unite all Americans against it, not divide them. I mean, the only ones you're dividing yourself from when you're when you're talking about Islamic terror is Al-Qaeda and ISIS. And I don't mind dividing ourselves from them. We should all be united against that. So, yeah, obviously you're going to mention that when it's because the left is screaming about uh, right wing extremism every single time this happens. Every time it happens. It's got to be responded to. If you don't like that, then I, I don't know what to tell you. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Brandon in Utah, you're on the blaze. Hey Pat, hey, hey. I, I heard you Good. talking just a minute ago mm-hmm. about um, the bump fire thing. I happen to own one. About the a bump uh, stock, the bump fire the bump, stock. The bump fire stock, yeah. Yeah. And and I happen to own own one. I don't. I maybe I misunderstood you a little bit, but. I've, I've had mine for a long time. It hasn't hurt anybody. I, I love to take it out and shoot it. Okay, we're up against a hard break. Let me just put you on hold okay. again for a second because I, I want to give you your say. But pick up the phone if you can when we come back. Uh, 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393 is Pat Gray Unleashed. Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Pat Gray unleashed, and it's time for chewing the fat with Jeffy. Then we'll get back to your uh, comments at eight hundred nine hundred eight 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 nine hundred thirty three ninety three. What do you have, Jeffy? Happy Monday. No, Mr. thank Gray. you. It's, it's, happy Monday. Good nobody, to see you. Nobody you says have a good weekend. Uh, yes, I did. You? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, good. Fantastic. Uh, I, I want to. I, I will tell you that a portion of my weekend sucked as a portion of every weekend for the last five Four weeks. weeks has sucked because could that be the loss by BYU to uh, Utah State? And is that what your no, story no, is I'm, today? No, I'm just that uh, you brought it up. You brought uh, up. Yeah, I'd they, like to just discontinue college football season. I might as well. Year. I mean, it's already let's be done. With I'm good it. with it's lost. Let's be done. With yeah, it. it's I lost mean, for me because I've never seen a BYU team this bad. Horrible. I've never, never seen I mean, it. They're on the precipice of oh there is the worst a dis- ever. it's a disastrous season yeah. disaster and missouri too which is my team mizzou yeah horrible the only thing that saved them this week was that they were off yeah <laughs> but then they one of their best uh, wide receivers and kick returners got kicked off the team so hey really? no, whatever it's a good week yeah great hey, whatever it's good week. uh 
as for BYU, they were ahead 21-7. Um, you know, oh, our, my gosh. Our starter was out for the game, right? Because I didn't. I, Mangum was out for the I game. I meant to 10. watch it. I'm like, oh, crap. I didn't no, you don't want to watch it. Don't even bother. Um, so our second string guy, Bo Hodge, who's the son of Merrill Hodge, you might know from oh, ESPN. Yeah, course, he was an yeah. NFL running back, yeah. had a good career. Big name, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So his son started. Nice. And played really well. He was he actually had us in the lead 21-7. What happens? He gets hurt. Uh-oh. Now we're at our third oh, stringer. Oh boy. Coy Detmer. What? The nephew of Ty. I mean who Ty's one of the was, coaches, right? Yes. I mean, he's on the he's team. He's the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Oh, no. And Coy was horrific. I've never seen. I mean, almost every pass was intercepted or thrown oh my into God. the ground or into the stands. Or I, I don't. He's only 5'10. I don't know. You know, sometimes you can get away with that in high sure, school. Sure, you can. Not in college. You can't get away well, with 5'10 unless your name is uh, Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel. <laughs> Or the guy from Boston College, Doug Flutie. Doug yeah. Flutie, yeah. Um, and, and and to be fair, uh, Chase, when they moved him to Missouri, set up an offense for him. That's what you, you have know? to do. For, I mean, they for spread a kid that, like that. They spread that offensive line out so he had lanes to look through. So seven turnovers later, we're oh, one and four. God, and we we go from twenty one seven up to losing forty we, to twenty four. After after you're close to getting behind. I mean, make a running back a quarterback, or just snap yeah. the ball to the running well, they, back I think and they, run the ball. They burned somebody's. Uh, they burned our fourth string guy's redshirt season right. and stuck him in the game for like five well, plays. See, that was dumb. Stupid. I mean, why, yeah, why, just, the season's lost. What are they? Let's what's move going, on. Who's running this place? I don't. Know. It's, it's <laughs> if they do that at the end of the game, I mean, just snap the ball to a running back. And here's the worst part: uh, this Saturday, Boise State uh-huh. loss. And the Saturday after that, Mississippi State, big loss. And you see where LSU lost. LSU, LSU sucks. Stopped BYU twenty seven and nothing. They and, uh, and so they I thought, okay, these guys are pretty. And then they pretty got their butt kicked. Then from they got beat thirty seven right? seven by Mississippi State. Right. Then they lost again this weekend. Yeah, They're to not Troy that. State. To, I mean, it was their Troy, it was their homecoming Troy game. Troy beat them. Who, who they paid money to come oh, to no. LSU for oh. their homecoming game. Okay, enough. I can't take it anymore. What else you have? <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. I just can't that do mine? it. Wow, is that bad? Oh, oh my gosh. I mean, it was that is uh, that's, that's not good. I no. mean, you know that happens sometimes, but sure, it's it's, it's it, you have an off year. But this is so far off. You know, I, I want them to cancel the rest of the season. It's yeah. just too embarrassing. I bet now. you they would like to. I bet they would. Because this is not. Because they thought they were going to be great. Yeah, this is they not the product. Was, they thought this was a special season, which you know means playoff or New Year's Six bowl game. Not the special season they're having. No. <laughs> no they're having... Not especially bad. I was thinking especially good. But no. <laughs> so what else is going on? Man. Yeah, I didn't realize they burn. I know you want to stop talking. About I really this, do. Uh, I really want you to stop talking <laughs> and switch to something else. I mean, the Cowboys lost. Did they? And the Eagles won. So if Stu's happy. Yeah, I don't. For them. It, see, I don't have that weird, freaky hatred for the Cowboys. That Stu I does. don't either. Hold on. Let me just real quick. I want to make you feel better here. LSU paid Troy nine hundred eighty-five thousand dollars. Be clear. Hold on. I stopped. Syracuse pay, paid Middle Tennessee State nine hundred fifty thousand dollars. You beat. Rutgers pays Eastern Michigan $860,000. Nebraska paid Northern Illinois $820,000 to come to Lincoln to beat him into the ground. Mm. So I'm just trying to... Weird season. We're commiserating. Yeah. Continue, Jeffy. All right. What do you got? I'm just saying I stopped. Yes. I was moving out from college football. 
But if you'd like to continue. No, I would uh, not. I'd like to say rest in peace to Monty you, Hall. Monty who? Hall passed away. Monty Hall, the if let's make a deal guy? Again, I'm coming, I'm coming across that desk. Let's make a deal, Monty yes. Hall? Yes. Oh, wow. Now, some How of you may say, he? Monty Hall was still alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was 96. Wow. Yeah, 96. I mean, the show. some of the show is still going on. I mean, he was still involved in that. Um, but mm. I, I was, as you read deeper into the story, um, he's another guy that uh, was married uh, for a long time, and his wife of 70 years passed away in June. Oh, and so, then that's it for yeah. him usually. Yeah, yeah. He that was that was all there was. It was mm. no more fight. He was like, that's enough. Wow, that was pretty amazing. Yeah, pretty sad too. Really. Um, also, good news. Uh, things, something to look forward to in Washington D.C. That would be nice. Uh, I am excited about this. Okay, uh, it might not happen because they're, they're still raising funds uh, to move uh, the statue across country. But hopefully, they'll get this sculpture uh, across country to uh, the National Mall. So in November, uh, you'll see the Smithsonian Museums, the Washington Monument, Capitol Hill, uh-huh. and hopefully the forty-five foot tall nude sculpture of a woman mm-hmm. uh, looking onto the. <clears throat> right there by the they're Washington not going to put that on the mall uh they already said it was okay what uh, do you know this country anymore? until march 7th to promote women's equality <laughs> uh they're raising money right now to move it across country to get it there uh the organizers have put out a nationwide call for volunteers uh, so that the sculpture can remain on the mall for four months it's guarded by volunteers at all times uh sculpture was created by artist marco cochran uh, as part of his bliss project he said the sculpture was meant to combat a culture that increasingly dehumanizes women and sexualizes the female form. Oh, so he thought a naked statue would help with that? That's good. Good that's, thinking there. That's correct. That's he good he was inspired. The good thing is he was inspired to take his art to new heights by the Burning Man <laughs> effigies. Uh, instead of working in bronze and clay, he created these massive sculptures out of steel rods, tubing mash, and LED lights. It's a beautiful sculpture. <laughs> we're, we're on the... Washington Mall, is that going to be? Is it right there? By, facing the White House, right? It's gonna, yeah, I think it's going to be facing right there behind the uh, Washington Monument, I think. Unreal. So it would look. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Trump's going to like that. Wow. It's going to be good. Listen, it's intended to raise awareness of the Equal Rights Amendment. You know, the Constitutional Amendment proposed in 1972 that would outlaw discrimination based on sex, but is yet to be ratified. That one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that effort ended a long time ago. So... <laughs> Let's move past the <laughs> Equal Rights Amendment thing. Wow. Is it time? Wow. It's time. I think it's time. Oh, <laughs> that was Pat Gray speaking. Uh, not me. Okay, it's not time. We need equality. All right. Uh, Chelsea Handler, back mm-hmm. in the news again. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of Chelsea Handler nah, at all. Me neither. Uh, I really don't, I don't think she, a lot of times she's not funny. She's drunk tweeting. But what? seriously, what can we make fun of anymore? Now, she got in trouble this last time for her latest tweet. Uh, she said that Melania to host a discussion on opioid abuse. She says, unless you have to have sex with Donald Trump, you have no excuse to be on drugs. Now, <laughs> that's kind of funny. I'm sorry, it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. What can we make fun of anymore? I mean, she's getting bashed, beaten up for that. Is there no comedy left anymore? No, that's really. Silly. That's that's silly. really. I mean, nothing. They're or joking about a horrific drug epidemic that's taking American oh, lives. shut yes. up. But then right after that, God, I miss Carlin and Pryor. Richard Pryor did jokes about freebasing and doing massive amounts of cocaine. Yeah, yeah. And dumping it out and getting hollered at from his grandma for throwing it out. Yeah. 
I mean, come on. You're preaching to the choir, my friend. I I know. But mm-hmm. it just it's frustrating to it me. It is. Because comedy, every comedy is someone else's pain. That's the comedy of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm glad to see you're passionate about something. That's good. Um, I thought it was only food that you were passionate about. <laughs> now I know better. So that's great, right? Food and I mean, the internets. Oh, you're back. Uh, O.J. Simpson released from prison oh, this that's weekend. Right. O.J. Yeah. The juice. Yesterday, Free. right? Yeah. Five thirty in the morning, baby. Let it cut him loose. And I think we have the, there was a short video of him leaving the leaving the prison, and it was really short too. But they showed him walking out, man. O.J. Five thirty a.m. to the cars, and then uh, one of the uh, there were, he was being haunted. <laughs> of course, they let him out to avoid all the press and the craziness that would surround him. And, of course, there's still somebody there hawking him. And uh, they, the New York Times had uh, somebody there, and I'm not sure if it was from the New York Post or if it was a TMZ guy, but uh, they stopped to get some gas, and they uh, all of a sudden all of a sudden, this reporter was on him with the, I'm in a car for the last five hours, so how do you think it feels to be out? And uh, that was his first public statement. <laughs> I'm in the car for five, how do you think it feels to be out? Wait, a reporter followed the car for yeah. five hours? I've been in Nowhere USA for the last nine years doing nothing. Nothing has changed in my life. What do you expect? There's OJ's first comments. Oh, that's nice. That's Good nice. for him. But he's, I guess he's going to be in Vegas. He's going to stay in Vegas or Nevada uh, because uh, Florida, uh, Florida's Attorney General Pam Bondi uh, is making a big deal about, um, no, we don't want him in Florida. Well, you can't you can't keep That's him out of I Florida. Said. That's what, are you what talking I said. About? I, but she's saying that she's going to push not to let him into Florida. How do you? You can't do this. Is America still, isn't it? <laughs> but he's on parole, right? So they, she can force well, the yeah, parole. Yeah, but his board. home is in yeah, Florida. His family's there too. Yeah, you can't say you family. can't come home to your home state <laughs> well, where your home is. He's going to move to wherever he thinks the real killer went. So that's where he'll be. Well, he's still going to look for the killer sure. on golf so, courses. So we don't all... know where that is, but he might know. Well, all he's got family country. in Florida. And I know his mm-hmm. daughter or son lives in Tampa Bay. Mm. And so I wouldn't be surprised if he moves there. But he had his place right down in West Palm. Yeah. At least, I mean, that's where he was living uh, before we had the incident uh, that put him behind bars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's out. I, I thought that was awful strange of Pam Bondi as well. Very strange. Um, you, you can't do that. Plus, um, I don't know if Pam knows it, but she should maybe look around at some of the other people that live in Florida. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> OJ might not be the worst. And do you ever think about what you're going to do uh, after you die? I mean, are you going to be in a casket, buried, you're gonna cremate yourself? You're going to donate your body to a body farm? I'm thinking about a body farm. Myself. There's a body oh, farm. Yeah, I, I like don't the know body about a body farm. I don't think there's, there's bo- any body farm in the world that would take you. But why? I could be wrong. Uh, you could be wrong Some because acreage. could be wrong. They want to. They want to watch how your body, what your oh. body does after death. Yeah. Tell me they don't want mine. <laughs> Tell me. Go ahead. But, <laughs> but there's a Seattle-based uh, company that uh, wants to uh, make burials greener, so they want to start composting human remains. And they want to, it calls the system the recomposition. Transforms bodies into soil that we can grow new life after we die. That's creepy. Uh, I thought so too, but they're saying they're getting a little wiggle room from the state's ecology department for air pollution. So it's on the, it's on the start. They're going to start uh, composting throwing your body into the compost pile. No, thank you. I think we go to the, I think we go to the, the body farm. <laughs> I like the body farm. 
Well, you let I'm me know if, if there's a body farm that agrees to take your body. I'm a fan. Okay. Why would? I think I want to be jettisoned into space. <laughs> I think that would be really that cool. That would be kind of cool. Kind of cool. Yeah. That is kind of a good idea. Yeah. It'd it be is. fun. It costs a lot, though. People, they've actually, there was a company that was doing it. I thought so. I thought yeah. we had we had did a story a long time ago about mm-hmm. the company that started that, right? Yeah, but it would cost like hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, something like that. It was. You think that you think that Musk would be able to pull that off pretty cheaply? Now? You would think so, right? But. Because how? What? What's the big cost of that? Right? Uh, the you know. Well, the rocket it would take is fairly expensive to get you into space. Uh, Put your dead body in a little a little casket thing that uh, won't burn up the first trip and shoot it out there. Yeah. It, right? It, so it, it takes a little something to get you out of Earth's gravity. I don't know if you're aware of that. Take a little bit more for Jeffy. Yeah. Uh, considerably. <laughs> so why why would that be? <laughs> I mean, a Saturn rocket wouldn't get your body out signal, into space. Just a, just a rocket. Blast you <laughs> off. Yeah. It would, I think it's cost prohibitive for most people, but it would be cool, right? That would be really cool. Be cool. Yeah. Yeah. It would be really cool. And uh, Washington, D.C. has started a great idea. And, man, you don't want to talk about people being smart. People in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. smart. <laughs> oh, yeah? Uh, apparently, they've got a rat problem in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that they've I got know, a rat problem. I know. There's 535 of them in office. <laughs> Thank up you. There, up on the Capitol Hill. Thank it's you. Got to stop. <laughs> it's got to stop. And, by the way, I went swimming this weekend, Pat. Mm-hmm. Have you? And I know you. You, have you a pool went swimming. Now. You have a pool. Did you go swimming? Is that where the tsunami came from? You have a pool. <laughs> was there a tsunami this weekend? Yes, I heard the warning. Yeah, yeah. on there my was? side of town. <laughs> Why would there be a tsunami if I was swimming? I don't understand. Just a displacement, you know. Yeah. Noodle water. it out. Noodle yeah. it out. <laughs> but I was in a pool. Well, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's a displacement point. of the water from understand. that pool would cause. It wreaks so much havoc that I don't even want to think about That's it. That's what the alarms were. That's what the sirens were. That's what the sirens were. Uh-huh. Tsunami warning. Tsunami warning. Huh. For a landlocked oh, no. state. Did Jeffy get in a pool again? <laughs> where did you uh, go swimming? Huh. Well, you-, you should know. It's where the alarms went off. I don't know why you're asking me. But- <laughs> well, that's just a general location. I mean, it covers the warnings in a well, whole area. Well, my point was is that it got me thinking. Uh-huh. That after swimming, they mm. used to used to have to do all this stuff to make sure that your ears weren't clogged. Just up. bang on the side of your head, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But hopefully, after I get this new product and you get this new product, you don't have to. Yeah, because uh, it's pretty uncomfortable, especially like if water is plugging yes. up your ears. I hate that. Uh, but if it's other things like you know earwax, which is nasty, uh, the itch is it can be painful. They get plugged up, it makes it hard to hear, and then your voice sounds weird to you, too. I hate that. Yes, I, I hate that sensation. So a lot of people try cotton swabs. Uh, the candles, which mm. I, I, if <laughs> the best way to burn your hair off is to use a candle around your ear. That just is stupid. <laughs> but there's a great solution for stubborn earwax. It's the Wax RX ear wash system. Doctor developed, works safely, and it, it actually works Unlike other products, the method is the one that physicians use the most, and it's just like the one they use in their office. WaxRx comes with everything you need to safely clean it out and condition your ears conveniently at home, and it's for less than the doctor visit would cost you. So go to UseRx, UseWaxRx.com, UseWaxRx.com, and order your reusable ear wash system today use the offer code radio for free standard shipping hey 
radio and you'll get free standard shipping. It's usewaxrx.com. Pat Gray Unleashed returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks for being with us. 888-900-3393. A couple of updates on this shooting in Las Vegas. 19 weapons were in the Las Vegas killer's hotel room. 19. According to his brother, the killer, Stephen Paddock, was a retired accountant who played $100 a hand poker a lot. Police say it was it's kind of unique that he wasn't even on their radar. Just... No explanation so far. Nobody knows what prompted this at all. 888-900-3393. Brandon in Utah, you were uh, telling us about these. Um, you were talking about the, the bump fire stock, right? Right, right. And I, I, I heard you, and I may have misunderstood you, but it sounded to me, so I, I happen to own one. And okay. I guess my, my point was it sounded to me like possibly you were you were curious on why something like that would even be well, legal. Be, yeah, because... Because automatic weapons have been banned. So something that makes your weapon automatic would seem a likely candidate for that as well. Not that I want that to happen. It's just that I, I mean, how did they, how did they miss that? Well, I, 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 well, it's really, it's really in the, in the, the trigger that, that (laughs) makes the, the, the weapon automatic or not automatic. Mm -hmm. The bump fires, because the trigger has to reset every time to be, to be a legal weapon. Right. And that's with a bump fire, the trigger resets every time. And oh, so, it does. You know, when, and and I, I really called just to make, you know, I, I, I was curious to see um, what your take was on, on whether you thought they should be legal yeah, or not. Only because, okay. Yeah, only because the, they have the federal ban essentially on, on, on automatic right. weapons. And if this essentially mm-hmm. does the same thing, you would think they would have gone after that as well, right? Yeah, and it, it, it makes, I mean, they're fast. They're really fast guaranteed but they're they're not they're not quite uh, have you have you heard the sound of the gunfire from last night yeah yeah and and my, can my bump fire is, go that fast it, it, yeah it to me that sounded closer to a bump fire than an automatic weapon hmm. um and and so i don't i don't know if that's the case i mean i hate even talking about it because then everybody's going to learn more about it and then, yes. then everybody's going to want them yes. illegal. you know mine mine's been in my house for years and years and years and i take it out and shoot it from time to time and and we have a real good time shooting it, and it's never hurt anybody, right? It's like right. it's like any other fire on my own. It just has never hurt anybody, right? And um, and so you know, I I, I hate even talking about it. There's so many different <laughs> no. types of, of bump fire bump fire mechanisms for for all sorts of guns. You can put them on pistols. You, you know, you run them on Glocks. Yeah, you can run them. Mine have the one I have happens to fit my AR, and it's 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 actually quite fun to shoot. And uh, if any anything you have with malicious intent, you can you can make anything dangerous. Yes, you can. As we've seen, vehicles over and over and over are dangerous, running down people. uh, You know, knives have been used a lot lately. So, yeah, you're you're exactly right. But uh, you're also right to be nervous about politicizing or talking about publicizing the bump fire uh, mechanism because they will go after that, too. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Brandon. Um, Mark in Oklahoma. Hi, you're on the blaze. Hey, Pat. Hey. There's... Something I was kind of wondering about when you were talking about the deal with Catalonia wanting to separate from Spain. Mm-hmm. 
and that the military was coming in and stopping the people from voting. Right. I just kind of wondered, what are the gun laws in Spain? It's a good question. I'm not positive. We'll we'll look into that, though. Well, the thing is, I'm looking at it as if it was in Catalonia, if those people, if they had real strict gun laws where they can't own guns, I'm wondering how many people were sitting there watching the military stop people from voting going, I wish I had my guns to defend myself now. Yeah. Well, it sounds harsh and frightening, but really our founding fathers were most worried, uh, not about hunting, obviously, and not about protecting yourself from a burglar. They were worried about protecting yourself from an oppressive government. Hmm. And that's... Yeah, they stated that specifically, that when, you know, if a government became tyrannical, that it was our duty... Right. To defend ourselves. To defend ourselves against it and to yeah. overthrow that one and reestablish a, a form, you know, the former government they intended. Yeah. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Mark. Uh, what did so, you find out about Spain? Yeah, the Library of Congress um, lists uh, this summary of uh, Spain's gun laws. The regulation of guns in Spain is highly restrictive. Of course the, it is. The bearing of arms by civilians is not considered a right, but a privilege that may be granted by the government if legal conditions are met. Interesting. Guns in Spain are regulated by the Ministry of the Interior through the General uh, Directorate of the Civil Guard. Different types of yeah. licenses are required according to the type of weapon to be used. All right. Firearms, I think that's yeah. probably mm-hmm. as much legalese as we need. Yeah. You uh, know? Some weapons but, are completely forbidden to civilians, by the way. So, obviously, that makes it a little tougher, a, a little easier. It's tougher on the people, but easier on the government to oppress the people. Makes it tougher for them to do anything about it. And so when they go to the poll and the military's there uh, and they're not allowed to vote, well, I guess you just don't vote then. 888-900-3393. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. And thank you for being here as well. Sad day in America as we all awoke to 58 more people dead in a mass shooting. 515 wounded. Just horrific. You can't even get your head around uh, such a massive tragedy. 888-933-93. We have the author of the book, uh, Mass Shootings. Six Steps for Survival. He's also the executive director of the Community Safety Institute in Dallas. Uh, his name is John Matthews. John, welcome to The Blaze. Hi. Well, hi, Pat. How you doing? Doing well. Um, apparently, now you have, uh, you, you've been in, uh, in law enforcement. You were in law enforcement for 30 years in Dallas, right? Yep, over 30 years. Yes, sir. And what, every single time one of these shootings occurs... The first thing that the left goes to is, well, we've, we've got to control guns. Uh, and the right is always saying that's not the answer. You know, let's look at the people instead of the weapons. What do you think is the solution here? Where, how do we stop well, this? We need, to get, we need to get ahead of these events, uh, and we need more preparation, more planning. You know, if you looked at the Manchester attack, the uh, uh, planning that went into that, um, yeah. placing the explosives at the choke point uh, as people were getting out, 
Um, you know, that was an explosive attack. If you looked at the planning last night, you know, the corner bedroom, 32 floors up, the number of weapons in the room, shooting from different angles, from uh, different places in the room to cover a larger kill zone. I mean, these bad guys mm. are doing a lot of planning. We've got to get better on our planning and our preparation, both from a law enforcement standpoint and just a basic citizen standpoint. You know, we have CPR training all over the country. Why not have a training session to say, hey, if you're out at a public place, if you're out at a, at a public event, these are the five or six things you do that increase your chances of survival. And I'm not talking about being paranoid. I'm talking about being prepared. Right. Okay. So what are these steps? How do you how do you prepare yourself for something like this? You're, you're saying that while you couldn't necessarily stop this guy from doing something, you can increase your chances of surviving something like this. That's right. You can mitigate the damage that he that he does. I mean, the best thing that you can do is to exit the area as quickly and safely as possible. Last night was a situation where you couldn't do that. You had a 10, 12-foot barrier yeah. all around that very big open area. So what can you do? You could run into a tent, run into a vending area. And what you want to do is you want to get out of the shooter's line of sight. We say find can uh, Find concealment from that shooter. If you're outside of his line of sight, your chances of being hit are much are greatly reduced. Uh, probably one of the primary things that you can do is to find cover. Now, the difference between cover and concealment, concealment hides you from the shooter. Cover protects you from the shooter. Get behind a piece of equipment, uh, sound equipment, bending uh, area equipment, generators. There were lots of folks out there that were having hamburgs and hot dogs and all kinds of stand kegs of beer. That'll protect you from bullets. So find somewhere where you can mm. find cover and protect yourself against those bullets. But you also had two things going on last night. We had citizens trying to protect themselves from the shooter, but then from the crowd and the panic that ensued there. So you've really got to be situationally aware, assess the situation, and know what to do. It's not hard. A couple of minutes of training, and you can learn this stuff. And where do you, where do you train for something like that? We do training all over the country. We do it at corporations, at professional associations, um, communitysafetyinstitute.org. Um, you know, we go out. I've got a speech today at 3.30 talking to citizens about if you're in public, if you're out there with your family, what can you do to increase your chances of surviving these incidents? Um, because there are. You know, we've researched every mass shooting going back to 1980, and we've learned mm -hmm. a lot of lessons that, you know, from that research and, you know, uh, hard things that you can do to help survive the situation, like presenting a small target. If you have to run across an open area, zigzag. Stop frequently behind cover or behind concealment. Mm -hmm. Make yourself as hard of a target as possible for that shooter. And do you recommend, like, when you go into a venue like this, uh, most people aren't thinking of something tragic like this happening, but maybe we should be thinking in advance that if something happens, here's my plan, I'm going to do this. And then you know that in advance, and you've already got that planned. You know, I've been a cop for over 30 years. I've got six kids. I've been talking to my children since they were born about what do we do when we're out in public, about being aware of mm -hmm. watching the surroundings, of not just knowing where the primary entrance is and the primary exit, but what other exits to the venue are you are there? Are there places where I can kick down a fence? Is there a place where I can, you know, go through a wall? What can I do to protect you? And for the little kids, I tell them, hey, mom and dad are going to protect you. If anything happens, I want you to listen to us. 
pay attention. We're going to grab you. We're going to make sure you're safe. Where everybody else is panicking, we're going to have a plan. You know, the two most common reactions that people have because they don't have a plan are they either freeze up, which is not a good situation, or they freak out and they panic. So Mm -hmm. if you have a plan, if you look around, if you're aware of your surroundings, if you talk to your friends and family beforehand, um, you're going to be a lot better off. I did that walking to the studio today to do these interviews. I walked around and said, hey, if I was in the situation right now, what brick building could I hide behind? What cover could I find? What's going to protect me here in Dallas? Yeah. Uh, There was a weird situation that occurred like 45 minutes before the shooting began. I don't know if you've heard about this, but a Hispanic couple came into the crowd and the woman started yelling, they're all around you. You're all going to effing die. Now, when something they were just escorted by security out of the venue and in hindsight, it looks like, well, maybe they should have detained them. Maybe they should have questioned them. Is that something that you should pay attention to, or do you just blow it off as that's just another insane couple? Yeah, you know, you pay attention to stuff like that. How many times did we hear that in the school shootings back in the 90s and early 2000s, where these individuals, it is not uncommon for them to what we call leak information. We call it leakage. They want attention. They want the the spotlight on them for a minute, and they'll leak information about what they're going to do. I think the Columbine shooters at the prom before the shooting were in the middle of the dance, would dance by people and say, I hope you enjoy this. This is going to be your last prom. This is going to be Mm -hmm. your last dance. You're not going to make it out of this year alive. And we've had that time and time again where people later on go, well, he made threats, but I I didn't think he meant anything, or I thought he was just blowing off steam. Right. We've got to get those inter- individuals and interview them. What did you hear? What did you see? What did you know? It could be something totally unrelated, or it could be somebody that had really good, solid information, and they were trying to warn people. Now, you said you, you've been talking to your kids about this their whole lives. So would your recommendation be that if somebody says something like that, you immediately leave the venue? Yeah, I would get as you know away from them. I find a, I, I teach them to find a police officer, security officer. Let them know, hey, this lady, this is what she's saying. You need to go talk to her. You know that type thing. We don't want the citizens to intervene, and that's one of the the, the lessons that we learned in in six steps for survival. Um, mm. The last step is engaging the shooter, and and there are very very few instances that that actually works. So we don't want the citizens putting themselves in harm's way in any way, shape, or form. Find a law enforcement official, find some authority figure, find a security officer and say, here's what's going on. You need to know about it. Yeah. In in the case of last night, there was absolutely no way to engage the shooter. You just couldn't have done that. Um, unless That's right. yeah, unless you're a sniper was- with a high-powered rifle and there weren't many of those in the in the audience. No, exactly right. Last night was not going to be one of those situations. No. But even if you had somebody come in shouting about that, you're not going to want to engage that person in conversation. You're going to want to find an authority figure and say, this is what she's saying. Somebody needs to find out what's going on. So you're talking about like in school settings, if a shooter comes in, um, you engage them in that particular case as a last resort? Yeah, as an absolute last resort. Let me tell you, the, in, uh, this is what our research says. Unless you have three or more people simultaneously engaging the shooter. In what way? Well, How do they the engage them? I, I mean, it could it could be, you know, jumping on them, hitting them, throwing something at them, okay. you know, whatever. Engaging the shooter while they're in a non-shooting act. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, unless you have those three very specific circumstances, our research simply shows that you're probably not going to survive the incident. You're probably just going to add to the body count. So it's really different, difficult for citizens to engage shooters in, in this type of atmosphere. In your and res- certainly last night it was impossible. Yeah. In your research, um, how many of these shootings, and I, I don't know if you focused on this, how many of these shootings happen in gun-free zones? We haven't looked at that. You haven't looked we at haven't that? We haven't looked at that. I know we've had several shootings at concerts. I know we've had shootings at outdoor schools. events. But specifically, yeah, schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the ones that you've heard about, obviously. But we haven't specifically looked at gun-free zones. And do you, do you, have you guys focused at all on, on the cause of this for these shooters? What, what happens? How do they get to this point in their lives where they're, they're willing to do this? In, you know, in our research, we didn't because there's a lot of research that looks at profiling individuals. It looks at their mental state. It looks at their motive and their means, their opportunity to do these things. We really wanted to focus on the victims yeah. and the actions the victim, victims took and the decisions they made that helped them make it out alive. You know, these these are lessons that we can learn from and teach other people and say, here's what works and here's what doesn't work. We want to teach you what works so you can make it out alive. Well, with 22 to 30 or 40,000 people there, 58 dying um, is, I mean, that it could have been a lot worse. It, it must have been that quite a few people made good decisions last night, wouldn't you think? Yes, it could have been a, a lot worse, and I think you're going to maybe see the uh, number of dead increase. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly 515 is absolutely horrific number of people injured. I think you're going to see a lot of those people might have been injured in the aftermath and the stampede. Yeah. Maybe individuals might have been shot and fell down and also got uh, trampled. Um, that's always a concern that we have. Um, but, you know, we don't want to lose one person. And if right. you can, you know, implement some of these steps and you can be situationally aware we want you to be able to survive these incidents. John Matthews, author of the book Mass Shootings, Six Steps for Survival. Uh, is there a website they can go to purchase the book? Is it available on Amazon? Yep. Okay. Uh, you can go to communitysafetyinstitute.org okay. and purchase the book there or find it on Amazon. And uh, you can also call to schedule trainings. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, John. Thank you, sir. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up on The Blaze. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Today, 933.93, Pat Gray. Uh, this just keeps... Uh, this just keeps getting worse from the left. I mean, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know how you deal with this. We had, we had a caller earlier from Arkansas who was pissed off that we're talking about the politicizing this event by the left. Well, we're supposed to just let that lay? I guess we're just supposed to let them politicize it and not respond to it. Um, but uh, top legal executive at CBS, Haley Geftman Gold, said this about the shooting last night. If they wouldn't do anything when children were murdered, I have no hope that the repugs 
will ever do the right thing. I'm actually not even sympathetic because country music fans are often Republican gun toters. Mm, that's beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? She's not even sympathetic that 58 people were murdered last night and 515 others are perhaps fighting for their lives to varying degrees. Doesn't even matter to her because they're country music fans and they're often Republicans and they might own guns. I mean, this is despicable. How do you even... This is the kind of thing that we're, you know, trying to heal a little bit in this country by <clears throat> maybe coming together and, and not screaming at each other as much, maybe offer a hand of friendship to these people, and then maybe we can sit down and have a decent conversation. But this is a person you, I mean, how do you have a decent conversation with that? Yeah. It's just despicable. Grotesque. Just despicable. Neil in Arizona, you're on the blaze. Hi. Howdy, sir. I'm going to point out, I was in Africa, and I picked up a crappy-looking machete made out of car parts. And the owner said, that killed over 100 people. And wow. I turned around and said, no, the guy holding it did. He kind of mm. flushed. He sat down, again, thought about it. I left. And he was a tribesman fighting another tribe. And people were murdered and killed for whatever reasons. When people do something like this, it has whatever reason. It's because they are evil. The IRA has done it. The Provo done it. Communist terrorists all over Europe during the 60s, 70s. Uh, people at PLO have done it. Everybody's been doing this for generations. They did it hundreds of years ago with blades, too. Mm-hmm. When somebody has a silencer, it doesn't change anything. Heck, I made one when I was seven years old. They don't work like they do in the movies, of course. That would not change anything. So using a political kick in the football with that doesn't work. The people that are behind things are the bad guys. I've known identifying people are hard. I've known one federal officer, one police officer, and two bad guys. I didn't know they were rapists, murderers, and uh, corrupt. One of them was my brother's partner, even, so... Uh, uh, PD, so uh, Fed. So you don't know until you know. You right. have to look inside. But the idea behind the object, it's the object of freedom and, and, and uh, justice and liberty, we have to look at it. We've got to prevent things because we're the first responders. I stopped the movie production script because it was too much terrorist information. It was like a playbook. Robert Streisand's husband made a movie about a Muslim terrorist throwing hand grenades in the building, so I have the uh, leather belt from that. The idea behind things is people get ideas. Yeah. This guy did something. His girlfriend did something. We don't know. The feds have to find out. When people start telling us that we're the bad guys, we have to look at them and say, what kind of people do you have in your group, in your family? Yeah. What kind of bad guys do you have? And how many people protect you with arms and even silencers? I've had people out in, out in Hollywood wanted silencers on their bodyguards' guns because they're afraid of the noise. You know, the whole idea behind it is that we're the good guys, they're the bad guys. We've got to work together to find out. So you, you apparently uh, have worked in Hollywood then? In what I was capacity? in the firearms industry, and I helped with, a combination of anything from Rambo to a lot of other movies with ideas, information, material. And I have worked with the people in the prop houses. 
designing and constructing things that they made for movies, uh, RoboCop, a lot of things friends built. And, of course, I also knew people that were in Afghanistan making guns for the Mujahideen that were shooting at the Russians with them. Wow. The idea behind it is how many good guys are there? Or are there more good guys than bad guys? We have to keep looking and, and uh, checking and uh, being frugal on, on our pontification about what's bad and what's good. Yeah, absolutely. The whole idea is that the good guys, they're the ones that go out there and put their bodies in front of the bad guys. If this guy had been using something else, and I won't say it, he could have murdered many more people and uh, injured a lot more. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Neil. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Thanks for the candor too, because uh, we certainly don't need to give anybody any more ideas. Uh, they're they're pretty good at killing as it is, even when they're inexperienced, like this guy apparently was. Some of the things we now know about him at this point, he was a resident of a retirement community in Mesquite. Now this has got to be the first retirement com- community mass murderer we've ever had. Um, he appears to have had no social media presence at all. It appears he uh, might have been an apartment complex manager. He may have previously worked as an internal auditor at Lockheed Martin for a while, managed an apart- apartment building complex in Mesquite, Texas. He checked into Mandalay Bay on September 28th. So he was there for two or three days before he actually committed this uh, heinous act. He had a number of rifles. They think about 19 weapons, a large amount of ammunition. Maybe worked as an accountant or an auditor, was a licensed hunter and private pilot. Uh, He had both hunting and fishing licenses as well as his pilot's license, but no criminal record at all in the state of Nevada, and, and police said that's that's really unusual, really unique. His girlfriend, Mary Lou Danley, who's 62, she's his roommate. They don't believe she was involved with the shooting at all. Uh, he was carrying some of her identification when he was found dead, and uh, it was the SWAT team that found him dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. But at this point, they still don't know the motive, they, they, the family says they're dumbstruck by it. We have no idea how or why this happened, his brother Eric said. As far as we know, Steve was perfectly fine. He was just a guy. Something happened. He snapped or something. He was just a guy. Yeah, he was, he was just a guy who just viciously murdered 58 people and wounded 515 for no reason. Just a guy. It's... No, he really wasn't just a guy. And so you wonder, okay, why don't we ever talk about the mental illness aspect of this? Why don't we ever talk about what we're doing with the mentally ill? Um, and how maybe you can help people like this before it gets to the stage. And also the desensification of desensitizing of American youth especially, but this guy certainly doesn't qualify as youth at this point. So, so many of these guys are younger though. I mean, is this the, this has got to be the oldest person to ever commit a mass shooting that Mm -hmm. I'm aware of. I mean, it just usually doesn't happen at that stage of life. 
Um, so I, I don't know what it is. And apparently nobody else does either at this point. 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. Also, uh, California is starting to consider doing what France and the UK have already done. And so is India. And there's a lawmaker in California who wants to phase out gas-powered cars and diesel engines by the year 2040. When the legislature returns in January, Assemblyman Phil Ting plans to introduce a bill that would ban the sale of new cars fueled by combustion engines after 2040. Uh, until we find out if <laughs> right. this whole electric thing is going to work, maybe this is a tad premature. You want to have a plan first. What do you want to bet they they vote this into law? Mm. What do you want to bet they like this a lot? The San Francisco Democrat said it's essential to get California drivers into an electric fleet if the state is going to meet its greenhouse gas reduction targets. Since the transportation sec- sector accounts for more than a third of all emissions... The market is moving this way. The entire world is moving this way. At some point, you need to set a goal and put a line in the sand. Yeah, not before <laughs> not before you know what you're going to do instead. Oh, wait, 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 wait. No. No, I got it. I figured this out. So they're going to pass this law. We're not going to get that technology on time. And then we'll just be forced to walk everywhere, which is exactly what they want to begin with. I guess they're Californians. They can ride their bikes. The bike. Ride their mm-hmm. bike. Uh, that'll lead to less freeway congestion anyway, so that'll be great. Oh, yeah. Ting is among the policymakers pushing to increase incentives for drivers to ditch their gas guzzlers. He's also working on legislation that would overhaul California's electric car rebate program by making more money available for rebates, <laughs> then ratcheting down the value of those discounts as the state hits its sales targets. So already it's, what, $7,000? I think you get a $7,000 cash incentive to buy, for instance, a Toyota Prius or a Tesla. An all-electric car, you get you get federal subsidies. And he wants that to become even greater, bigger subsidies by the federal government? Yeah, that's all we need. California is used to being first, but we're trying to catch up on this. To who? To France? <laughs> yeah man that's pretty bad if you're trying to catch up to france uh you're going the wrong direction my friend 888-900-3393 pat gray unleashed Radio Network. Pat Gray returns. You know what's amazing about these incidents now is that we have plenty of video from them. Somebody's always got their phone out and records it. And then we, we see the carnage, we see the commotion, the chaos. Uh, it's, it's really something. Uh, I mean, we have like a front row seat to all of these events now. 
Uh, before we get back into this, I got to tell you about how you can provide a solid foundation for the survival of your family if anything goes wrong. If something catastrophic happens, it is more important to be prepared now than it ever has been before. And this is what our nation has been founded on, these old-fashioned values, taking care of our own during downward times or tragic times, just being prepared for whatever emergency can come up. And when you're prepared, that alleviates fear. That way you just go forward with confidence. When things inevitably go wrong, you can't depend on the government. They, they won't be there at all times, in all places, and whenever you need them. So you need your own plan. That's where my Patriot Supply comes in. I got my your supply from them, and you should too. Uh, if you don't have a, a year supply, at least look at doing what they're talking about right now, where you can get their 102-serving survival food kit for less than a dollar per serving. It's a fantastic deal. It's really good food. It'll get you through tough times until help arrives or things get back to normal. Food includes breakfast, lunch, and dinners. It lasts in storage up to 25 years. It's really easy to prepare. You just add water. So call My Patriot Supply today at 888-411-5293. or preparewithpat.com. That's preparewithpat.com. I was just uh, wondering if this guy was the oldest mass murderer in history. Apparently not. Um, William D. Baker, who's 66, was a Navistar international worker, armed himself with an AK-47 assault rifle and other weapons, went to the company's Chicago area plant where he killed four workers and wounded four others in 2001 before he committed suicide. Then there was Kurt Myers, also 64. He set fire to his home and then, armed with a shotgun, went to a barber shop in the upstate New York village of Mohawk Valley and opened fire, shooting two people and wounding others. But uh, this guy, obviously, much more deadly. 64 years old. Uh, but most shooters are between 20 and 40, certainly 20 and 50 for sure. Just a really strange occurrence where nobody knows what went wrong with this guy, with his head. Why would you do something like that? You know, you can't, you, re, you just can't make sense out of something like this. 888 It is Pat Gray Unleashed. Something really cool happened last week that we didn't get to yet. And maybe on a day of such bad news, uh, we can show you something positive for a change. There is the son of uh, Hamas representatives at the UN Human Rights Council. When he begins speaking to the... And we're going to play this on video. So if you're watching on TV... You've you got to see the reaction around him because nobody around him can believe what he is saying. This is a guy, a Palestinian from Hamas. And here's what he said about Hamas and Israel. Look at this. 
Israel, the occupying power, continues with its colonial policy and its daily violations. It First, they begin with all the charges against Israel. To carry out ethnic cleansing, steal land and natural resources, uproot trees, steal money, Israeli activity to Judaize Jerusalem, demolition of homes, confiscation of land and property, spoiling of natural resources. Racist violations perpetrated by Israel. Israel continues to commit various forms of human rights violations in Palestine. Israel, the occupying power, is advancing in its efforts of mass colonization and continued apartheid, put an end to this colonialist regime. Apartheid, atrocities and massive destruction inflicted on the Palestinian people. War crimes, crimes so against humanity, ethnic cleansing and its terror. Before he speaks. Thank you, United Nations Watch. I take the floor on behalf of the UN Watch. My name is Musab Hassan Youssef. I grew up in Ramallah as a member of Hamas. I address the words to the Palestinian Authority, which claims to be the sole legitimate representative of the Palestinian people. I ask, where does your leg legitimacy come from? The Palestinian people did not elect you, and they did not appoint you to represent them. You are self-appointed. Your accountability is not to your own people. This is evidenced by your own total violation for their human rights. In fact, the Palestinian individual and their human development is the least of your concerns. You kidnap Palestinian students from campus and torture them in your jails. You torture your political wow. rivals. The suffering of the Palestinian I, people I love the is reactions. the outcome of your selfish political interest. You are the greatest enemy of the Palestinian people. <laughs> if Israel did not exist, you would have no one to, to blame. Take responsibility for the outcome of your own actions. You fan the flames of conflict to maintain your abusive power. Finally, you use this platform to mislead the international community, to mislead the Palestinian society, to believe that Israel is responsible for the problems you create. Thank you. <laughs> wow. No, no. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> Guy's so... a member of Hamas. Uh -huh. Grew up <laughs> in Ramallah, which is in the West Bank. It's Palestinian territory. And he excoriates Hamas. Yeah. And the, the reaction of the people at the UN who almost universally hate Israel. Hate. Hatred. Everybody there, probably, in fact, except Nikki Haley, fortunately, because she was appointed by a Republican president. Everybody there probably is against Israel. And the, the way they're looking around at like, who is this guy? What is he doing? He's speaking truth. Where did this come from? They are stunned. Why in the hell is he saying true things? And they can't do anything about it because he's do got anything. the floor. He's got the microphone. You just right. get to sit back and eat it. <laughs> I love the guy right in front of him who keeps looking back like, who are you? And why are you <laughs> saying these things? Everybody knows it's true, but no one says them. <laughs> right. Don't you know the code, man? What are you doing? You're in the wrong club. <laughs> that felt good. Very satisfying. Oh, that, <laughs> that is as satisfying a video if he's still alive. as it gets. That's what I was kind of wondering afterwards. Mm. I'm going to look that up. Because the uh, you know Hamas is not going to take kindly to that. The Palestinians aren't going to take kindly to that. I say we offer him sanctuary here in the United States mm -hmm. and just keep him. He's a keeper, this guy. <laughs> yep. I mean, 
the UN over and over and over again denounces Israel. Every time they defend themselves, they're to blame. Not the Palestinians, not Hamas or Hezbollah or whoever is doing the attacks on Israel. Anytime Israel responds to an attack, they get excoriated in the UN. And here's a guy from the Palestinian territories saying good things about Israel and bad things about Hamas. That just doesn't happen. Well, his Wikipedia, yeah, his Wikipedia page <laughs> doesn't say that there's a date of death, so um, good. he's good, still good. hanging in there. Jeez. I mean, that's that's brave. That's brave. Not standing up and saying, you know, bad-mouthing Israel because everybody does that at the UN. Nobody from Hamas does what this guy just did. Really extraordinary stuff. 888-900-3393. Also, uh, some fairly new information here about the father of the Las Vegas killer. According to this article in the New York Post, he was a psychopath himself, a bank robber who escaped federal prison in the late 60s and landed on the FBI's most wanted list. His dad was serial felon Benjamin Hoskins Paddock. According to uh, the Daily Mail and a tweet from NBC, Benjamin Paddock had been locked up in 1960 for robbing an Arizona bank He escaped in 1968, spent nearly three years on the run before the FBI caught up to him in Las Vegas in 1971, at which point he tried to run down an agent with his car. Since he has utilized firearms in previous crimes, has employed violence in attempting to evade arrest, and has been diagnosed as being psychopathic, Paddock should be considered extremely dangerous according to an FBI agent at the time. And then his uh, his son does this. So does it run in the family? Is there some psychopathic tendencies that run in the family? Mm. Is this an accurate report? Because a lot of times you get inaccurate reports in the early stages of a really big tragedy like this. As we said earlier, almost every time they say there's at least two killers or two shooters. And almost every time, there's not. Uh, Marsha in Arizona. Hi, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hi. Here I am. <laughs> How are you? Doing good. Uh, yeah, um, I worked in the mental health system um, for 12 years in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. And um, I, uh, I work direct with uh, people with mental illness. And um, one of the biggest problems we have is that uh, they are... Um, it's it's the private health information laws yes. that people don't have to tell anybody, you know, uh, what their diagnosis is or that they have any at all. They all have clinics. I mean, there's many clinics for mentally ill people, I'm sure, throughout the country. But uh, nobody knows who has what. And, like, for instance, um, the uh, guy that shot uh, Gabby Giffords in Tucson uh, was young and onset of schizophrenia in his early 20s, which is what happened to him. Mm. And it was also in his family. Uh, and they just literally kicked him out of the college because he acted weird. But that's what everybody does is they just throw everyone back into, the, into society and let them bounce around. And, and then these people are also given money to live at home with Social Security disability to watch the TV. And they don't do anything but sit around and watch TV. They don't even, most of them don't even work. And when I was in Phoenix uh, doing this uh, 10 years ago, there was 100,000 people just in that kind of a smaller city 
for instance, okay, so we have millions of mentally ill people being paid, their, their rent's covered, they don't even need to really work, and they're just sitting here watching these TVs, and they have any kind of psychosis or mm. problem with their medications, and that's all it takes, to go out and be violent in some way. But uh, this guy uh, that shot God, Gabby Giffords was a, a, prime, a perfect example of the situation, and, they, and there's nothing anyone else can really do about it. We don't know who's going to go crazy or who is crazy their whole life. And it's, uh, I saw it. I saw a lot of it. And they're, they're neglected. They're left to sit at home. The, the case managers and the clinics don't encourage them to get out and do things and live some kind of life. Uh, they're, they're isolated. So this is, you know, and, an ongoing and does, thing. <laughs> does anybody check on them to see if they're on their medication or? Yes, yes. And I did do, do that. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, yeah. And each person has like 30 people and they have to run through. Oh, wow. And, uh, who gets uh, the... Um, the, the attention is who the kind, the, the people that do go to the clinic and say they need help and all of that, but it's only these people that um, they go to the clinic and, and say that they need help that uh, get the attention. Uh, a lot of them are sitting at home and they don't get it at all. They just sit there. And it's really too bad that this is this way. But the, the clinics will give attention to the ones that ask for the help. They don't give attention to the ones that are sitting at home. I felt so sorry for them. I'd go to their house, you know. I mean, it's just like uh, weird, really weird, you know, and, underwear on the couch. And I mean, just, you know, there's just a lot of a lot of messed up people out there that don't get enough attention. And, and this and it can end up this way. I know this guy may not be the same thing. He may just had a psychotic break and, and, and be, you know, not his normal thing or not. But right. there's a hell of a lot of them out there that do show a lot of symptoms. Uh, and that's schools, uh, like kind of frightening. You are starting. Mm-hmm. ASU is starting to uh, was uh, screening every single person on move-in day this year, and I thought, great, that's fantastic. That's exactly what they need to do. They had they were psychologically screening them on their way in the door, so that's a good thing. And are they sending them home yeah. because there's just not room for them, or it's it's not cost effective to yeah, keep there, them? Yeah, there's not enough. Yeah, yeah, not cost effective. There's not enough case managers to keep any these people engaged in anything at all, and the government just. Feed the money to shut them up and get them out of the way and make sure they eat food oh, in boy. their house. Wow. That's it. That's it. And this, so very few get attention. I'm sure this applies to all the states in, in the country. It's, it's very common and it's sad. Yeah. And I feel sorry for these people. They can't oh, yeah. Help. Oh, absolutely. They're, they're alienated from their relatives. Half, most of the relatives are mentally ill. They're mentally ill, too. They can't. They're not going to get married and have kids and live a normal life at all. How can we act them they're normal? They, they're not. You know, they... It's really sad. They're very disconnected. And, yeah, it uh, is, and it's it's a really difficult problem, and we're not even paying attention to it, as as you know, uh, and so we're paying the consequences. Appreciate the call, thanks, Marcia. Let me tell you about the Cosmo Hurts Kids campaign. They're on a mission. The founder is Victoria Hurst. Uh, her family is yes, the Hurst family. They have the Hurst Corporation, which publishes Cosmopolitan magazine, known as Cosmo. But Victoria Hurst believes Cosmo contains pornography that's harmful to kids. The Cosmo Hurt Kids, Hurts Kids campaign isn't suggesting that they censor the magazine or drive them out of business or boycott. They're not doing any of that. They, all they want to do, the goal is to have the state's material harmful to minor laws applied to Cosmopolitan magazine. So then you just can't sell it to kids under 18. Everybody wins. If you'd like to learn more about the campaign and help out, become involved to help protect your kids, go to CosmoHurtsKids.com and read about it. See if you agree with it. I certainly do. 
Victoria thinks that we all need to take a stand against pornography. So do I. At least being sold to anyone under the age of 18. So go to CosmoHurtsKids.com. That's CosmoHurtsKids.com. You're listening to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks for being here. 888-933-93. Again, here we are uh, after another mass shooting. This one, the deadliest in American history. Really, really sad time. 58 dead, 515 in hospitals. Still don't know the motive. Don't know anything about this guy, really, other than, you know, a few facts that don't add up to much of anything at all. They don't think he was affiliated with ISIS at all, even though ISIS has already taken credit for this. Uh, They originally suspected maybe his girlfriend was involved somehow as well, but they've discounted that too. The brother says he was just a guy. He didn't have any political affiliation. He didn't have uh, any religious affiliation. So there's just, I mean, there's just no explanation for it other than he just went insane but he, he planned this pretty intricately, apparently. He had 19 high-powered weapons in the hotel room. He shot from two different windows in the hotel. It looks like they must have been separate rooms because they were pretty far apart, these two windows. So my guess is he went from room to room, back and forth, uh, shooting at the people down in the... Uh, at the concert. And you said that he checked into this hotel when it was September 28th? September 28th. So he so was in there three for, days ago. Yeah. Yeah. He was there for a few days, scoping out angles and all of that. Thursday till Sunday night. Mm. So a lot of people left grief stricken. Our thoughts and prayers are with the families. Um, and they just be comforted. And, and for the people recovering in the hospital, it's just. Uh, FBI says there's no terror connection, so it's just so inexplicable. 22,000 people at this music festival, and I think they have this festival every year. Jason Aldean had just taken to the stage, and he started to play, and here's what happened. Here's a fire in the background. Unbelievable. Now he stopped. People are realizing those are gunshots, not fireworks. Well, it started again. So you can hear the machine gun fire, the rapid fire. I don't know if it is a machine gun. There's 
been a few callers today that thought it was something other than that, that it was a bump fire stock. Apparently, you can modify an AR-15 or an AK-47 to shoot rapidly like that. Because an AR-15, you've got to keep pulling the trigger, which makes it semi-automatic. But an automatic weapon, you just pull the trigger once and it just keeps going like that. And it certainly sounded like that's what they had. And authorities on the scene uh, with the police dispatch said it was automatic gunfire. Uh, if you missed that, we we played that a little bit earlier. Uh, MSNBC played part of that. We have uh, audio from the police scanner. I'd love for you to react to it and, and tell me what you're hearing. Take a listen. What's going on, Timmy? He's coming from upstairs. It's in Mandalay Bay. Upstairs, Mandalay Bay, halfway up. I see the shots coming from Mandalay Bay. We have multiple casualties. GSWs are the medical tech. Multiple casualties. Just be advised, it is automatic fire. Fully automatic fire from an elevated position. Take Fully cover. Automatic. Multiple GSWs in the chest, legs, femoral arteries, and the medical tent. At the medical tent, mm. 4A, off of Guile, south of Reno. Control Zero 20. Zebra 20, go ahead. Just on the suspect's door. I need everybody in that hallway to be aware of it and get back. We need to pop this and see if we get any type of response from this guy to see if he's in here or if he's actually moved out somewhere else. Got the audience on the 32nd floor. SWAT has explosive breach. Everyone in the hallway needs to move back. All units move back. Breach, breach, breach. So that... Whoa. Uh, that was the sound of when they breached his hotel room. They... They blew up the door and and went in threw another grenade into the like a flash grenade into the into the room but he he was already dead by then uh just so tragic so awful too bad he didn't start with himself and then we wouldn't be talking about any of this and one of the things that's breaking now and people are making kind of a big deal of is his father was apparently some kind of psychopath as well he was on FB, the FBI most wanted list in 1969 when he escaped from a prison in Texas while serving a 20-year sentence. And they've got a uh, they've got a photo of him, Benjamin Hoskins Paddock, and this was his son. Uh, so, is there mental illness that runs through the family? I I don't know. Uh, quite possibly. Certainly looks that way now, doesn't it? Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. So our thoughts and prayers with everybody in Las Vegas, and especially for the uh, people who are healing at hospitals in in Las Vegas. I mean, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to decide what kind of society we want here, and whether or not we need to deal with the real issues, or if we're gonna just continually politicize this and scream about gun control. And there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be second-guessing themselves on going to mass events. I mean, a lot of people are going to think about this before they go to a concert now. This could fundamentally change the way we gather together as Americans. See you tomorrow here on The Blaze. Pat Gray, The Blaze Radio Network.